Hello and welcome to Retrospection, where we take an old show or film and see if we can magically construct some new nostalgia by randomly piecing together the scraps of our pop culture memories. Or should we just leave it buried with the rubbish? In this episode, we're taking a look at the American TV series The A-Team, which ran from 1983 to 1987. My name's Colin, and BA was telling me about the jazz... And I think I caught the fever. And my name's Paul, and I'm a lover of life, a hunter of rabbits, a singer of songs, and we will, <laughs> and we will talk. That's a weird line, that right? A very weird line. <laughs> hunter of rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a singer of songs. God, you can you imagine him singing songs? Yeah. Well, we, uh, we should say who we're talking about really. We're talking about a character in the episode, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to him. Yeah, we will. This show focuses on a group of four Vietnam vets who frame for a crime they didn't commit, help the innocent, while on the run from the military. It stars George Pappard as John Hannibal Smith, Dwight Schultz as Howling Mad Murdoch, Mr. T as P.A. Baracus, and the series has Dirk Benedict as Templeton Faceman Peck, but the pilot has Tim Donegan. Hey? Tim Donegan, and he was fired after they thought he was too young to play the role. Yeah, that was the reason, not the uh, massive charisma vacuum that he had when he was on screen. Wasn't that really, was it? I, oh, I don't mind him as... I think he's okay in the role. I think he's okay. He's a bit dull. I find him a bit dull. Yeah, I can see that. We have Melinda Collier as Amy Amanda Allen and William Looking as Colonel Lynch. Now, Lynch isn't in the rest of the series, is he? No, it switches to uh, Colonel Decker. Oh, right, OK. The show was created by Stephen J. Cannell and Frank Lupo. Cannell, we all know about, but we should mention that Frank Lupo also created Hunter and Riptide, and he was a writer on a whole slew of 80s action shows. Oh, he's, uh, he's, he's got prior then. Yes, <laughs> yes. There is evidence of previous work. <laughs> And the theme music is by Pete Carpenter and Mike Post. And it is a cracking theme tune, isn't it? It's one of the most iconic theme tunes of the 80s, I think. Yeah, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on Pete Carpenter and Mike Post theme tunes because they've done some great ones. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, I think combined with this, uh, with the the opening credit sequence, which I presume you didn't have because you watched the, the movie version, didn't you? I watched the original pilot version, yes. Not the syndicated episodes. Yeah, I watched the two-part episodes, and so I got the, um, the iconic um, opening credits sequence, which most of the shots are in these episodes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Mm. For the pilot movie, there is no music at the beginning. It's more like a movie, isn't it? They did that a lot, didn't they? Yeah, they did back then. They don't seem to do 90-minute movie-type pilots anymore, right? I don't no, so it's just part of the series, isn't it, usually? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's because... Those days they did a pilot and then they waited to see if it would sell or go anywhere or series. Now they seem to instantly greenlight a series from the very beginning. Yeah. Do you, do you not, maybe you don't get many pilots that are just made on the off chance anymore. Maybe everything, as you say, just, just gets produced because they know they're going to series straight away. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. A lot of shows these days though are commissioned out by um, streaming services. So that's true. That's probably why as well. So it's changed the whole game. Apparently the show was originally not expected to be a hit and was conceived around Mr. T. Yeah, and that uh, certainly didn't bother a certain other member of the cast, did it? At all. <laughs> no, nope. 
not at all. Josh Pepperman. No, no problems on this set. <laughs> no. it, was, it was all harmony. Yes, yes. For the first four seasons, ratings were sky high. I can believe it. I mean, even in, in the UK, this show was huge, wasn't it? Yeah. Saturday nights, ITV. Yeah, was it like 5 p.m., something like that, around that Five, time? 6 p.m., yeah. Something yeah, I, like I never missed it. Like many American shows in the 80s, it has strong links to the Vietnam War and its storylines. Yeah, well, they're all Vietnam vets, aren't they? Yeah. Melinda Collier was fired from the show because of creative differences, and they introduced a new character to replace her. She wanted more to do. Ah, well, uh, did you read the, the, the note about George Papad feeling that there shouldn't have been any female characters? on the show yes he said it was a it's a man's show about men doing manly things yeah and he didn't even want any of them in it at all what just him on his own <clears throat> doing manly things <laughs> i think he if he could have sold that idea i think he would have done it <laughs> it's funny because that's an opinion that obviously doesn't fly well now but I'm not even sure it flew well in the 80s, but probably flew well in the 90s when you had the lad culture. Oh, absolutely. So Yeah. I mean, let's face it, even though, you know, your Amy's and even um, the replacements later, like Tanya, I think it was, um, they didn't get much to do, did it really, did they? Maybe, no, maybe no. they took part in a few of Face's uh, little schemes occasionally, but that was yes. about it, really. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it, it was the same in all these shows. You think back to, to um, Knight Rider. Yeah, she was the, 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 the female character was the engineer, but she didn't really do much. She tinkered she had a couple of scenes where she was tinkering around under the hood and that was about it. Not not Hasselhoff's hood kids. No, no. I yeah, I agree that yeah, but at least she was she was the smart one, the scientific one in that show. But I agree that actual amount of her time was limited. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it, it was a show, I suppose, about um, these manly men, as you say, doing manly things, which which which, which does come across a little bit camp at times. I thought. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, the show produced a lot of merchandise, including novels, comics, and computer games for the C sixty four in nineteen eighty five, and then one for the Amstrad and Spectrum in nineteen eighty nine, which is two years after the show had finished. <laughs> that's the good old amstrad uh, cashing in there <laughs> bit late to the game but never mind eh? yeah <laughs> so do you have any other notes information news um, just details talk, 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 news talking about the, the the merchandise i had a lot of the toys as as a kid oh i didn't have anything what did you have i had all the um action figures of um the team I had them in two sizes. I had the six-inch ones and then the slightly bigger ones. I also had a set of bad guys that came with the six-inch ones as well. I had a, a Howling Mad Murdoch helicopter with a figure that w sits inside of it, and you press the button on the back and the rotor blades spun around. Wow. Yeah, and I also had the 18 van that the six-inch figures could sit in and the top lifted off so that you could put them inside. You were serious. I was serious. I was a serious 18 fan. Yeah, I didn't uh, know. But yeah, I didn't yeah. know. I think I had the annual, which is uh, the thing that is unique to the UK. <laughs> you know, the other thing is, I didn't have the annual. Oh, I lost toys, but I didn't have the annual. Which is unusual, oh. considering I collect them now. But yeah. Do you have one now? I don't, actually. I'll have to remedy that. Yeah, you will. Going back to George Papad, he had, as we say, he had big problems with Mr. T, didn't he? Yes, because he became like hugely popular and pretty much took over the show, like for the fans. Yeah, whereas he, he didn't really see him as an actor, whereas he thought of himself as a quote-unquote 
proper movie actor. Well, he mm. is. It was, you know. It got worse, apparently, when he found out that Mr. T was being paid more than him as well. Oh, yeah, that's got to hurt. Both Pepard and Mr. T actually served in the U.S. Army. I didn't know Mr. T had served. Yeah, yeah. Pepard was in the Marines and <laughs> Mr. T was an MP. Oh, so that's... Technically, that's serving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All Hannibal's cigars were actually um, from George Papaya's actual own stash. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not surprising in that, though, is it really? No, not really. The iconic jewellery that Mr. T wore weighed between 35 and 40 pounds, apparently. So you, I, no wonder he's a big guy carrying all that around. Yeah, he's like carrying a whole Paul's belly around with him. Yeah, yeah that's shrinking. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Pity the fool. <laughs> <laughs> you should mention that in season five, Robert Vaughn was brought onto the show, wasn't he? He was, and the show changed direction. And uh... they were actually working for the government, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. In season five. Yeah. But apparently, I read that the Vaughn was brought onto the show to try and ease tensions between Mr. T and George Papad. Oh. Because they were he was friends with um, with George Papad. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought they, he was brought on board because the ratings were heading towards the toilet at that point. No, that that could have been one of the reasons. But apparently, by that point, Mr. T and Papad weren't even speaking to each other. In fact, they they were using uh, Dirk Benedict as a go-between. Oh, I was say they were, they the were using semaphore for yeah. some reason. <laughs> oh, they're waving flags at each other. <laughs> um, George Papad was a troublesome character, really, wasn't he? Dwight Schultz, when he first met him, he introduced himself, and apparently George Papad replied, "I'm George Papad, and I'm not a very nice man." That lays it on the table right there. There's no subterfuge there. <laughs> you pretty much know what you're dealing with at that point. He he was a notoriously difficult character, though. Apparently he was fired from Dynasty after only one week. Wow, for what? Just being awkward? Just being George Papad, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Apparently when the cast were going to do a European tour to promote the show, he refused to go. Just flatly refused, so they went without him. Okay. Funnily enough, this guy's sounding very familiar to me. I don't know. Yeah. He's like you. <laughs> I've heard I'm that easy. about you. Did you read the note about Tia Carrera? This will interest you. She was she was in she was in an episode at the end of season four and was supposed to become a regular character in season five, mm-hmm. but she couldn't get released from the soap opera that she was in at the time. A daytime yeah, soap. Yeah, she was in general hospital apparently and couldn't get out. That was a shame. Yeah, I'd have enjoyed that. Papad probably wouldn't have, though. <laughs> I'll be somebody else stealing the limelight from him. Absolutely. And the only other thing that, that I was going to say is that I read that James Coburn was apparently considered for the role of Hannibal Smith. Yes, I read that Which too. I can see. I can see totally, that. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah, because he was doing movies kind of like that anyway. Yeah, we'll talk about it as the episode goes on, but I think that all these actors, they kind of know their roles from... They feel like they've been doing it in the first episode for years already. Right. Apart yeah. from a certain person, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Mr. T? <laughs> no, 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 not, not the one I was thinking of, no. <laughs> no. The faceless one. Oh, okay. See what I did there? You see what I did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. No, I don't. <laughs> what what did faceless. you do? Okay. <laughs> All right, with that, let's see the trailer. Les 
am I having a stroke or something, or was that in a foreign language? It, I, I, I don't I don't remember it being like that. Both of those could be true. You could be having a stroke and it is in a foreign language. Yes, that was the opening sequence to the French version of the A-Team when it was dubbed, and it has lyrics for the opening theme. Yes, it's, uh, it, it's, it's certainly different, isn't it? Yeah, it's not the best copy I could find of it, but it's still interesting to hear. They've they got some very strange ideas, haven't they? French people. Oh, I, uh, I, <laughs> do we have listeners in France and I'm, I, no, Paul. Don't worry, don't worry, he'll cut it out. You need, you need a disclaimer, all opinions yeah. expressed in the retrospection uh, are not necessarily, yes. <laughs> Just uh, Paul's, as simple as that. I love the um, French, women. very nice people. All right, uh-huh. is there a car in here? I heard a horn. <laughs> um, <laughs> we had a horse last time, so. Uh, it's like a, we're living in a stable. All right, should we get on with the opening? Go for it. All right, so we have two different openings because I watched the uh, movie version of the original pilot and you watched the syndicated mm-hmm. episodes. So you got the theme tune and you got the little narration that tells you what's going on that sets the scene. So I'm going to do the narration even though I didn't sit it. Oh, that makes that In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped. It's interesting. They promptly, they didn't wait a while or, you know, dilly-dally. <laughs> they promptly, straight away, without thought, escaped. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. You know, as a kid, I always used to think that they said a crap commando unit. A crap commando. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not a very good commando unit. No, the, the, no. These men sort of escaped. They, they didn't really, just some of them. One of them got killed from a minimum <laughs> security stockade. In fact, it was just a hotel. Uh, <laughs> well, it, that always made sense to me because I didn't know what crack meant. And so if they were a crap commando unit, it made sense because they can't hit anything anyway when they're shooting at people. So that That's made true. sense to me. Yeah. Maybe they yeah. were on crack. That's what it means. <laughs> that's why they're so bad at shooting drugged up yeah everyone was on crack in the 80s weren't we well did you say wait wait wait, <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> hold on little little bit of truth creeps out there <laughs> it was nine or ten when this when this program came out nine so. or ten smacked out of his head watching the 80s <laughs> <laughs> That was my night's in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Playing with wow. my figures. <laughs> Playing with summer. All right. <laughs> we open with a shot from a helicopter over a Mexican village. It's definitely a Mexican village. Yes. And as we see the village, the credits appear in white. On my version, we have the A-team appearing in white. And then mm-hmm. the names of the actors. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have that. No, no. Wait, um, I think it was... It was done like a normal episode, so you had the, okay. the credit sequence and then the, 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 the guest stars. We change to closer shots of Haciendas. The village looks empty. There's just donkeys in the streets. But we do see clothes hanging out to dry on a line. There's no music, but just the sound of wildlife. Birds tweeting, dogs barking, an empty market square with fruit and vegetables and textiles seemingly abandoned. You really work the on this stuff rings in days, the don't you? Only about for 10 minutes, and then I give up. <laughs> <laughs> the town's called San Rio Blanco as well, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, I was going to get to that when it appears on the screen. Oh, right. Okay. 
A bell rings in the church tower, but isn't rung by hand, merely by the fingers of the wind. <laughs> fingers of the wind? <laughs> Wasn't that a song you wrote once? It may well be. We hear the sound of vehicles and military jeeps roar up the roads towards the village, but these are no real soldiers. A mixed bunch of ruffians, I dare say. Ruffians? <laughs> yeah, good thing what to Pardon call you, them. Pardon you, sir. <laughs> Banditos? Go on, it sounds like a kind of crisp, right, Chip? It's like, hmm, you know what? Fancy a bag of banditos. I think you're just being racist. No, hungry. The trouble is, you open one bandito, you just can't stop. <laughs> well, they're very Moorish, aren't they? Oh, no, sorry, they're Mexican. These ruffians open shirts, bandanas, and machine guns. I think I'm going to get myself a red bandana and a shirt open to my navel. Well, for a second there, I thought you were going to say you are going to get yourself a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. You know, yeah, see where okay. it takes me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but, you, you got a hurry chest? Oh, yes. I got a hurry chest. I got a hurry everything. Except the top of your head, ironically enough. <laughs> well, well, it's all fell down. It's all, you know, it's, oh, that's how it's it spread is. everywhere that's what else. Happens. But, uh, it's gone yeah. back in your head and out through different parts. It's, it's all that testosterone. Is that what it is? Okay. Pushing it out. It's all the testosterone right, right. pushing that Text on the screen tells us this is the town of San Rio Bianco. Calling it a town, I mean, it's a little generous. I mean, Wigan is a town, and comparing a desolate, empty, one-donkey place to a beautiful town like San Rio Bianco is insulting. <laughs> One for the northerners. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the jeep stops and the leader, Malavida Valdez, looks around. Give me Almasi. Give him to me now. Now, when I heard it, I thought he was asking for a latte. Because he's yelling it. And I mean, Starbucks are everywhere, but he's not finding one in this place. Not in Rio uh, Blanco. He's not going to find it there, is he? No, no. And it's funny, but the name, when said with a Mexican accent, sounds like a a foreign freedom fighter. But when we say it, we say it, Mm. you say it, it sounds like a 70s northern comedian. Al Massey. (laughs) See? My name's Al Massey. My (laughs) mother-in-law. I think I saw him on The Comedians once. Yeah, it sounds much better when uh, Mr. Valdez exclaims it from his Jeep. He's authentic. Possibly. Who knows with this show? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, there's no answer to him, and he shouts again. A guy called Paco gets off his Jeep and starts to open fire with a machine gun. Mm -hmm. Come out, yells Valdez. Some of the townspeople start to appear. One of the people pleads with Valdez, who they call Jefe, which means mer or principal in uh, Mexican. Oh, thank you. I never knew that. We're just poor farmers. We've given you everything. But Valdez still wants to know where Massey is. Mm-hmm. He then says that Paco is requesting the pleasure of your youngest granddaughter. I was going to say, ah, uh, the 80s when rape was a light-hearted affair, wasn't it, eh? Actually, one of the f- things that I've noticed when we've been doing this podcast is how often this has occurred in an mm-hmm. 80s TV show or a film as a light-hearted mm-hmm. moment and yeah it's it's troublesome yeah it is right paco pushes the villagers out of the way and then he enters the villagers home a woman screams and he re-emerges carrying her valdez tells paco to ask her where massey is but then he's distracted by the sounds of a truck starting up and we cut to a grizzled american with a younger man they're in some sort of shed with a truck he tells the younger mm-hmm. man that he doesn't share bylines and isn't taking the younger guy with him. So this old guy must be Al Massey, and it seems he's a journalist, unless when Mm -hmm. he's talking about bylines, it's lines of cocaine he's referring to, in which case, 
crack commandos. Perfect for him. <laughs> so this guy's our Star Trek connection, isn't he? Oh, here he goes again with his isn't he? Like I'm supposed to know this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you should know this. Um, this, this actor played um, Commodore Decker in the Doomsday Machine in the original series of oh, Star Trek. Okay. Oh, interesting. I'm pretty sure it's him. Oh, do I have to look this up? <laughs> no, it was him. I'm, that was a joke. So this, this young guy is called Manny. Al tells Manny that Valdez doesn't know about him, but Manny says, oh, you'll find out. The people are frightened. They'll tell him. Al and Manny get into the truck and the machine gun fire smashes into the shed. Valdez yells from outside that Massey should come out, that I am a lover of life, a hunter of rabbits, a singer of songs. What is that? What does that mean? <laughs> Why would you say that? It means he's an all-rounder, you know. You, you've never been to those uh, ban- bandito uh, shindigs that they throw, have you? I'm pretty sure they don't call them shindigs for a start. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he performs a few songs. He does a few magic tricks, pulling rabbits out of hats. No, no, he's a hunter of rabbits. He kills them. He doesn't pull them out of hats. Oh, yeah, he, he pulls them out, out of hats and, and then he kills them. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, shoots them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the trick. Uh, that'd have been great if Paul Daniels had done that. Oh, that would have been amazing, wouldn't it? You yeah. imagine if he did it to Debbie McGee, pulled her out of a hat and then shot her in the head. <laughs> I mean, granted, te- you could only do it once couldn't you? But it'd be an amazing trick on a Saturday night at seven o'clock on BBC One. It would be memorable. Oh yes, it would be memorable. Massey pulls Manny out of the truck and crashes through the door. He drives off with the rebels giving chase and he crashes through the village. Some of the rebels smash their trucks and spin upside down, but they manage to get out. Recurring theme. Mm, Absolutely. Because nobody dies in the A-team. That's right. And it's that, um, they use this shot an awful lot, not this particular shot, but the way that these Jeeps are, 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 and cars and everything are, are filmed, turning upside down. Yeah. They always do that, that, that beneath shot, don't they? All the way through the series. Yeah, and they, they have a ramp that's not level so that the Jeep flies up, and usually there's a bush concealing yeah. it, and then the Jeep, truck, car, whatever, will turn upside down as it's flying. Land upside down completely crushing everything, roll over 15 times, burst into flames, and then the guys will just climb out of it and go, oh, shake the head and go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> in this universe, no one dies. No. It's, it's kind of cartoonish in that sense, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the whole thing's yeah. kind of cartoonish anyway. But um... That's true, yeah. Valdez laughs as he shoots at Massey. Massey crashes and gets out of the truck. Valdez says, how many people did you tell about me? Why did you come down here? Massey says, I'm on vacation. We cut to a news office. Amy is saying he's not on vacation. Nice. It's a nice match cut. (laughs) The editor says, Mm -hmm. who the hell cares if he's on vacation or not? Now, that's the kind of boss I want because I guess he's still getting paid, (laughs) right? Absolutely. Of course he is. The editor complains about Massey not giving him an earlier story when he sent him to France. That he was just drinking and spending money. Sounds familiar, Paul? I don't know what you're getting at. Nothing. But, I mean, you know, you go to France, as we've discussed, you know. The editor has problems with Amy, too. The Mexican embassy is complaining about her, that the newspaper is stirring up trouble between the US Senate and the Mexican government. Yeah, it's a good job we don't have difficulties between Mexico and the USA now, right? No, it's all good now. All fixed. Yeah. Everything is nice. uh, running... Tickety-boo, as they say. We learn from mistakes and we move on. Absolutely. Amy says she was trying to find out what happened to Massey, that the Mexican government says he didn't even enter Mexico. 
She asks if the newspaper has a responsibility to protect its reporters on assignment. The editor says, Massey's been doing wheels up landings around here for years. I'm tired of scraping him off from the front steps. Now, I like the first part of that sentence, but it's kind of a mixed metaphor. What are you scraping off the steps if he's doing wheels up landings? Why is he landing on steps? <laughs> the two don't go together, mate. You're a newspaper editor. <laughs> That's why he's got people that work for him now. Yeah, to correct his mistakes. They're all like, oh my God, correct what he's written his mistakes, here. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's how you'd roll. No, I don't make mistakes, <laughs> except agreeing to do a podcast 56 episodes ago. <laughs> I think it was your idea, wasn't it? Amy points out that Massey's wife died. He's depressed. But the editor is tired of carrying him and he's through. He tells Amy not to carry on looking for Massey. But she says, he's a friend. And the editor then suspends her at half pay to take time off. Mm -hmm. to, to get over it kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, this, this next bit makes me laugh though. Because when she walks out, all her co-workers clap, don't they? They do, right? They're like, oh, you gave it to him. Good there. Woo. Oh. But then when he walks out, they give her no support whatsoever. Mm. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're going to clap, but they're not risking their jobs. I mean, are you crazy? Oh, clearly. I've, I've worked with people like this. And so she has a colleague called Zach, and she asks Zach if Massey had filed any recent reports. Zach says no. But he went by Massey's apartment, broke in, and found a file under his mattress. And it's about a place called... Scunthorpe. No, it's about San Rio Blanco. San Rio Blanco. Yes, There's just a name in the file, Manny Cortez, and a phone number. Amy asks him about another thing, uh, the commando team. Zach says, oh, mm. it's just a rumour, a story, that another journalist, Mike Kelly, tried mm. to follow six months ago before he was sacked. He couldn't prove they existed. It was just a rumour they broke some senator's kid out of a Turkish prison. Soldiers of Fortune. The, the, the A-team, isn't that what it's called? Amy asks. Yes, yeah, Zach. Let's go. We cut to Zach, opening a file of news clippings about the A-team. He says they knocked over the Bank of Hanoi <laughs> four days after the Vietnam War ended. They wandered out of the DMZ. That's the uh, demilitarized zone. That's what you used to call mm -hmm. your bedroom, right, Paul? <laughs> Still do sometimes. Now... On a Tuesday. <laughs> why a Tuesday? distracted now why a tuesday don't, why just tuesday don't, don't go there don't go there tuesday's bad okay. bad all around on a tuesday interesting <laughs> they had a hundred million yen and got busted by the army they claimed they were under orders from a mm -hmm. colonel morrison but nobody knew about the mission and morrison had been killed in some of the last shelling no orders were ever found then right before the trial they escaped and that was 10 years ago and they're still wanted there's a colonel lynch who ran the prison at fort bragg He's still looking for them. Now Lynch has been unable to get them for 10 years. You'd think they'd be, well, Colonel, you know, you've been doing this for 10 years, just this one job, and you haven't mm. been able to do it. I think we're going to reassign you. Well, they do. Yeah, that's true. you the rest of the series. Right. <laughs> Amy says she's intrigued. Yeah. Zach goes into a full-time exposition mode. But it works here because Amy knows nothing <laughs> about them, right? Right. Although mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all that I have just mentioned is kind of odd because Zach begins this whole thing by saying, it's just a rumour. Yeah, there's, it's just a rumour. There's not a lot of stuff about them at all. No, no, just this Apart entire from these publicity file. shots of them as well <laughs> yeah. in this file. Yeah. 
It's like an oldest backstory and all this. Uh, like, wow, I wish I've heard rumours this detailed with evidence before. Yeah, they got these pictures of them posing in front of cameras, like smiling and thumbs up. Yeah, in front of, in front of the bank of Hanoi holding money. <laughs> no, I made that bit up. Just a rumour. Just, Just a rumour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like ghosts. There's a little sniff of them and then they're gone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So when um, when Amy's looking at these pictures, the first one she looks at is of Hannibal, and she says, "Hmm, not bad." <laughs> so what? She's into like fifty something overweight, sexist pigs, is she? Maybe she is. You, is that her thing? You don't know her. <laughs> don't judge, Paul. Don't judge. That jazz. She likes the jazz. Yeah. Who doesn't? Jazz. Jizz. Jazz. All right. Jazz. Yeah. So the A team consists of Colonel John Smith, also known as Hannibal, has an unorthodox style, and. There's Bosco Baracas, known as BA for bad attitude. Now, when Amy looks at these photos, she looks horrified. <laughs> she does. He was the 80s. A black yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> also, where did they get these close-up pics of these rumoured people? <laughs> they must have been stood right in front of them when they took those pictures. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the farm that BA's picture is attached to appears to be a medical farm. I don't know if you noticed, and because on the Blu-ray you can see it clearly, it has boxes mm. to be filled in with various medical terms, including anus and rectum, brackets, <laughs> hemorrhoids, flatulus, prostate, if indicated. <laughs> I paused it. And I'm just reading this farm. It's weird. Well, I certainly didn't know he had all those issues. No, no. According to Zach, B.A. is a mechanical genius and has one of the worst conduct records in the army. Who knew he could lead an orchestra? Conducting, Colin. Oh, yes. okay. But isn't that to do with electricity? <laughs> then we see Templeton Peck's file. Now, according to the record, his birth date is August mm. the 25th, 1935. That would make him 48. Yes. <laughs> he's older than Hannibal. That's what you're saying. Apparently, yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah right. Okay. All right, yeah. he, That's, he wears it well, doesn't he? He's, he looks no more than 25. Good skin where he comes from, obviously. Yeah. Now, he's known as the face man, mm -hmm. a con man, a real operator. And that's the unit. Amy wonders, where are they now? So we cut to a man in a lizard suit emerging from some water and a car pulls mm -hmm. up in the hills above and Face looks down. Hannibal's got to be down there somewhere, he says. A director yells cut and asks, where did that moron come from? They open a flap in the suit and Hannibal's face is seen. He's given a cigar, one of his own, according to Paul. Yeah, true. Well, as true as facts on IMDb get. The solid gold. Mm-hmm. The director complains that the road should have been closed. Meanwhile, Face and B are speeding towards them. The director complains to Hannibal that he's popping out of the water too soon. Hannibal complains. The director says that the guy in Aquamaniac 1 stayed down for four minutes. Why isn't he doing it now, asks Hannibal. Oh, he had a little brain hemorrhage or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quite a funny moment, this. It is. And I like to stay down for four minutes. Oh, four, four minutes. You're generous with your time there, aren't you? What's worse is I'm looking at my watch at the same time. <laughs> I know you position the clocks in your room so that you can see you've you got line of sight. As they're about to start shooting again, Face tells Hannibal that Colonel Lynch is on them. 
Hannibal tells him that he was one more shot than he's through. He tells Face about his character, but Lynch and a bunch of MPs can be seen driving up the hill above them. Lynch spots them down below. Hannibal, still in his Aquamaniac costume, and Face get into the car. BA slams on the accelerator and they peel away. The military police give chase around the movie lot. Yeah, a lot of these sets I recognise, um, particularly the ones from the old Universal movies. Oh, really? Yeah, the old monster movies. Yeah, he's doing a monster film, right? Mm-hmm. I don't get the idea, though. It's it, it, the whole thing of him being in these movies. Is he, is he hiding in plain sight? Is that what he's doing? Why, why would it be in plain sight? Because you never see him in the movies in costume all the time. Yeah, but what I'm saying, you, you, you'd think that if you were trying to lay low, you wouldn't get involved in the movie industry, would you? I know Paul, he's in Paul, costume. Paul, but... Paul if, you, if you're going to lay low, you wouldn't have a frigging black and grey giant van and drive the same thing every time. So let's, let's not go there. <laughs> But to answer your question, he's in costume, so he's never seen, and he doesn't go by his real name. And movies yes, okay. move different locations around the world, so he could be anywhere. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I can go with that. Yeah, do. Otherwise, the whole thing is just a charade. <laughs> well, we wouldn't want that, would we? No, we wouldn't. They pass a tour bus, and a kid sees them. Hey, it's the Aquamaniac! Hannibal waves at him. B.A. complains, we ain't stopping for no autographs. That's very good. Was that your Bill Cosby impersonation? <laughs> Wait, no, my Bill Cosby is, hey, come here, little girl. <laughs> 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 they cut through Roman Street because Hannibal knows this lot like the back of his hand. They hit a dead end. Now, Hannibal seems to be enjoying the chase. Yeah, and we know why that is, don't we? Yeah, he's weird. <laughs> well, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> we find out there's a line that crops up. Every there is. So often, there is. Isn't there, yeah, yeah, there is. But actually, when um, Amy leaves the show, they drop the jazz line too. Do they? Yeah, apparently, I read. Yeah. Because I guess it was oh. connected to her as well. Yes, she's because only... we find out later that she, she likes the jazz as well, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, so they drop it. For some <laughs> reason, a military police car flies through the air and lands in the water. <laughs> I must have blinked. Well, we haven't had a flying car for, for at least five minutes now in this episode, so we've That's got to true. do that now. But again, they're okay. Absolutely. Well, they landed in the water. I mean, not that it matters. No, no. They'd land on rocks and they'd still get out okay, wouldn't they? But, uh... Yep. So one down, two to go. The chase continues. Another car can't make a turn and crashes into a house set. Where are you, asked Lynch? All right, I think we're in Quincy's living room, comes the reply. <laughs> it's a good line it is I like it we cut to the tour mm -hmm. bus entering the parting of the Red Sea the water moves aside to let the bus through the water's not red and it's not a sea either just for a point that <laughs> no, out I'm, I'm guessing this is the old universal tour thing that yes. they're, using. they're just using it aren't they yeah mm -hmm. I think so I mean it's, now that'd be pretty unimpressive right yeah it was probably pretty unimpressive back then as well in all fairness yeah, well, possibly, yeah. The A-team is following the bus and the tour guy says, hey, let's give the Aquamaniac a big wave. And we see the top of its head go through the parted water. Hannibal tells mm -hmm. him to stop and gets out. He rests his hand on a lever as Lynch approaches. What's he doing, asks Lynch. Face urges Hannibal to just pull the lever. Hannibal smiles and signals mm -hmm. to Lynch to come and get him. No, he's doing mm -hmm. me, says Lynch. How old is Lynch? <laughs> twelve. Yeah, he seems he's got the to mental be, age right? of twelve-year-old. Oh, he's doing yeah. it. I tell my dad. <laughs> and let's face it, 
he's pretty obvious what Hannibal's going to do when he starts to drive through that, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. You just have shot him, right? If you were Lynch. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did that. You think to myself, why doesn't he just shoot the, the guy? Because <laughs> he wants to you arrest him. You don't even have to kill him. him. Just shoot him in the leg. Yeah, that's true. You shoot true. him in the leg. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hannibal steps away from the lever. B.A. says, he loves the risk, the danger. He loves the jazz. He moves further away from the lever. Lynch's driver wants to go, but Lynch tells him to wait. One more step, and I got him, he says. Hannibal takes that one more step. Lynch dives into the car Mm -hmm. and speeds towards Hannibal. Hannibal runs back and pulls the lever. Lynch's car is hit by water and is pulled underneath. Lynch's driver climbs under the roof as the car vanishes. Then Lynch finally surfaces. I'm sorry, but the water is not this fast. <laughs> it's not, is it? It I'd wasn't that fast he... when, it, when it parted. No, no, I'd laugh if he's pulled the lever and the, the Lynch's car just drove completely through. And Hannibal's like, oh, <laughs> bugger. <laughs> running, running, face, start driving, I'm screwed up. <laughs> Big in the monster suit, that would be quite yeah, funny. No, yeah, it's just bobbing his head left <laughs> and right. Mm. No, yeah. I think there's a certain amount of uh, just go with it going on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Hannibal grins at him. Nice try, Lynch, but you ain't Moses. As you say, it's no wonder Lynch never caught him because he's an idiot. Yes, that's true, yeah. Hannibal gets in the car and they drive away. Faces annoyed. B.A. points out that Hannibal loves the jazz. He's very good, George Papad, in this role, isn't he? Yeah, I think B.A.'s good too. Yeah, I'm got, they, they're all very good, but I'm just talking in, the, in, the, in this scene. He's very yeah, good. Yeah, George yeah, Papad. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hannibal says, didn't you love seeing his head appear in the water? B.A. replies, no, we didn't love it. Hannibal laughs. <laughs> Was that Hannibal laughing? Was that your impression then? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you like. All right. Later, they pull over. Hannibal has to call Murdoch and tell him that Lynch is after them again. BA says he ain't going anywhere with Murdoch. Hannibal puts the call through to the Veterans Administration Hospital. Murdoch is in the mental ward. Murdoch's phone rings and we see him usher Amy out of the room. Ah, she's Mm -hmm, visiting. He picks up the phone and tells Murdoch that Lynch is on his way. Murdoch tells him that he has company already a female reporter that knows he flew them in Nam. But Murdoch also says she has a job for them in Mexico. Hannibal tells Murdoch to be careful, but if she seems legit, to send her to the alley behind the cosy cat club at 2am tonight and watch out for Lynch. Murdoch says not to worry about Colonel Geek. He'd slam dunk that sucker and looks up to see his inflatable basketball stuck between the ceiling and the basketball hoop. When I was a kid, um, Murdoch was the one that my friends always... Yes, I had friends when I was a kid. Murdoch was always the Who, one... Um, name them. That all the kids... <laughs> name them. Oh, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. Um, Carry on. Ke- no, no, don't. Kevin, um, David, Stephen. No, they're Made all real people. It was before yeah. your time, Colin. Ringo, Paul, <laughs> John. John, George, Ringo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mick, Jagger. It, it was, uh, there was ta- Table, there was Lampshade. Uh, Luke, John. <laughs> so the, the, he was the one, Murdoch was the one, that, that all the kids, whenever we played the A-team in the playground, everybody were wanting to be Murdoch. Everybody in your school wanted to be the uh, supposedly uh, mentally ill person. <laughs> that's right. I didn't go yeah. to one of those special schools, if that's what you're going to ask me. No. Sure. Okay. Yes. Just, just asking. Just a normal school, yes. Okay. Yes. okay. Yes. Well, you know when they 
they actually screened this for the executives. The executives were like, this Murdoch character has to go. Like, you either have to tone, tone it down or just get rid of him. But then when they did screenings for the public, this was the favourite bit. Yeah, they felt that he was too over the top for the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was very popular. So Murdoch signs off with, may the cold wind wash over your refrigerator. Hannibal hangs up, but he thinks that Murdoch is getting worse. Murdoch lets Amy mm-hmm. back in the room, telling her that his mother was on the phone. But Amy has seen his file and knows that she died when he was five. Murdoch says she did, but he had a line put in. You know, what a hassle. Telephone company was a problem. Took a while, but we're solid now. And mm-hmm. Amy's like, okay. I've got a question about Murdoch. Oh, and it's a question about whether he's really crazy. Or is it an act? I personally think he's, n- he's not as crazy as he makes out to be. And I think the ammonia thing proves mm-hmm. that. And it is an act to a certain degree. But I also think he is as crazy as Hannibal is. And then he gets off on the action just as Hannibal does. Yeah. They both love the yeah. jazz. I'd go with that, yeah. I, I also think if you were doing an act for so long, you're going to not be able to know when to switch it off. Yes, yes, because he's got to stay on point all the time, hasn't he? Yeah, and I also think the act he does with B.A., for example, is just to get on B.A.'s nerves to wind him up, kind of the way you wind me Mm. up. But they love each other really, don't they? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they do. So, um, yeah, what you said about the ammonia thing, um, I know you're going to talk about it in a second, but there's, I know what you're getting at. There's a little moment after Lynch walks out of the room, isn't there? Also, later in the episode, ammonia is mentioned and Murdoch doesn't react to it at all. In fact, he smiles when he says it. Yeah. yeah. Amy says, so you've never heard of the 80. Murdoch says he's got problems and starts to spray shaving cream on his head. Amy asks, what, what are you doing? Murdoch says, never seen a man shave in the morning. And then he starts to shave his hair. Amy, now mm-hmm. com- completely convinced he's not, says oh, sorry about what happened to him and starts to leave. But Murdoch stops her. He tells her to go to the alley behind the cozy cat club in Hollywood at 2 a.m. and wait until you've contacted. Then goes back to shaving. Almost like he suddenly becomes sane for a second, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. She leaves. Murdoch goes back to singing in a foreign language to his shaver. Mm-hmm. You've done that, haven't you? No, I've sung to many inanimate objects in my apartment, but not my shaver. <laughs> you know why, Paul? You. Shaver doesn't like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have a voiceover of Colonel Lynch saying he doesn't believe Murdoch is as crazy as he pretends to be. We cut to him walking through the hospital of a nurse. She tells him that Murdoch has memory loss and intermittent delusions. Lynch says he's going to press him hard and see what happens. She says Murdoch starts talking about ammonia, that that's a clue. He may become violent. Lynch stops. Mm -hmm. Mm, Violent? She says it's a trigger word for his violent cycle. Violent cycle. That's one when you're riding and it just throws you off. The end of the room. (laughs) What's your trigger word that sets you into your violent cycle? Podcast. <laughs> Usually every couple of weeks it kicks in as well, isn't it? I've noticed uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very Paul, strange. Paul, that's my violent word. <laughs> you know, I know what your violent <laughs> ra- word is. What's that? Actually, it's not one word. It's a series of words, to be honest. It's more like a sentence that <laughs> triggers you. Oh, uh, yeah. I can yeah. see where this is going. Go on. Yeah, it's your round. It's your round. Very good, yes. <laughs> 
They enter the room and Murdoch is standing on a chest of drawers, yelling for his dog and saying, What are you doing, man? Step off! Step off! Did you, did you bring any candy? The nurse asks him to come down and he doesn't. Lynch asks the nurse to leave. Says to Murdoch, Who are you today? King Kong? Napoleon's parrot? Murdoch says he's not nuts. He says he wants to get out and see E.T. like everybody else. I think E.T. had been gone by this point, hadn't it, in 1984, 85? It's not 84 or 85, Paul. It's 1983. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, I suppose. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And E.T. came mm-hmm. out in 82. So Ah, uh, yeah, okay. So it would probably still have been on the cinema, wouldn't it, back then? Yeah. Lynch says he thinks Murdoch is faking it. Murdoch hopes Lynch can prove it because that's what he keeps telling everybody. Man, I'm going to hit you right alongside the head. He starts talking to an invisible person. Alouette, gentil alouette. Who's eating garlic in here? Sorry. Well, what were you talking about? No, no, really, Paul. Why am I talking to this microphone? Microphone. Is this a podcast? Oh, a podcast. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Murdoch's madness is catching there, Paul. Sorry. You, oh, you went all method. You went all method. Then. I know. I'm sorry. Sorry. Lynch says to Murdoch that Murdoch flew the helicopter on Hannibal's Hanoi bank job and thinks he's still working with them today. Get off my leg! I can't stand it when you touch me like that! Watch out! It's, it's ammonia. They, they use it on the floors. He bends over and you can see the bald patches where he shaved his head. Lynch starts to back away. It burns your feet. I'm so glad that the people listening can't see your face right now. You're, you're enjoying this far too much. <laughs> You're letting the inner you out here, aren't you? <laughs> what you're doing. Uh, right. All right. I'll go what with it. I'll go with it. All right. What happened to your head, ass Lynch? Murdoch says, they hook you up to a machine and zap. Ammonia, it's on everything. And I hate everything. Lynch backs away. Um, I didn't mean to trouble you. And then he leaves the room. Outside, he tells his driver that you should have seen Murdoch's record. He flew choppers to jets. He was in the Thunderbirds. Which one was he? Scott? Tracy? <laughs> Brains? I don't remember him being in it. Must have missed that episode. He was Miss Penelope. Oh, that's nice. All right. Thunderbirds is, of course, the American equivalent of the Red Arrows. Lynch says he was one of the best combat pilots in Nam. Snapped. No doubt about it. Not like me. Not like you. What, you no. were one of the best combat pilots in Nam? No, I've just not snapped. The podcast hasn't driven me to the snapping level yet. The way that Lynch is approaching this, it's almost like he's, he's never hunted the A-team before, isn't it? Not like he's been at it for, what, did we say, 10 years? Yeah, yeah. He, he, has he never tried any of these avenues before? Yeah, has he never met Murdoch before? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Watching it, I didn't think about that, but now you mentioned it. Yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. It's like this is the first time <laughs> he's doing it, yeah. It, it's almost like it's pilot to a tv show <laughs> but why did they actually say 10 years yeah why didn't they just say that lynch is the new guy who's, who's looking for him yeah maybe we're missing something all right yeah all right we cut to night and pouring rain in an alley behind the crazy cat club we hear jazz playing amy walks up the alley clinging to her umbrella she ducks into an alcove she hears a noise and an old wino staggers up to her. He drops his bottle. Oh, he's bedraggled. Where do you live, asks Amy. In a box in the alley. Oh, sorry. I thought I was doing an impression of you for a second then. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> she gives him money. He's like looking in the mirror. 
It was, yeah. Spend it on food or something. You'd spend it on something, right? <laughs> I've got to eat as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do. <laughs> <laughs> the wino looks around and says, you're a princess and a, and a, and a world of dragons. You're really on form tonight with this performance, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, the drunk I could do quite well for yes. some reason. <laughs> so, funnily enough, so could George Papard as well. Uh, no, not at this period of his life. He was going to AA meetings and had given up the drink long before the A-team had started. Yeah, no, what I'm saying though is that he, you know, he, he obviously had knew experience. how to play it. Yes. He was drawing on his past. Yes. That must be hard for an actor though, wouldn't you think? Why? To play an alcoholic, but to be an alcoholic who's in recovery? That's got to be a tricky thing to do. Ah, but in this case, he's playing someone who's playing an alcoholic. Ah, okay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Complicated. Layers, layers. Layers upon layers. Mm. The onions of acting. That's your... um... (laughs) That's going to be the title of your autobiography, autobiography, The onions of acting? Yeah, Yeah. it is. Yeah. The wino gets into a car around the corner. He takes off his wig and pulls off his moustache. It's Hannibal in disguise. What a shocker. Uh, Never saw that one coming. Absolutely not. Mm. He takes out the money Amy gave him. It's a 20. He likes her style and says himself that if Amy can pass Mr. Lee test, she's hired the A-team. Amy is left standing in the rain. Question is, can we pass the Mr. Lee test in a minute? I know. Where do we go with this, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> this is a tricky one, right? I think we just need to explain what happens, and okay. there's a gag that happens. We should just say the gag, because we didn't write it. No. Nope. You know? The question is, did you find it funny? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know you should. We'll get there. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. A man of possibly Chinese origins bangs on Amy's car, possibly. Mm. Amy is asleep inside. She wakes up and opens the door. No parking! (laughs) He's going for it. Come on. No, I'm not. No way. No No parking, says Mr. Lee. Must (laughs) must go. It doesn't even sound right when I do it like that. It doesn't work, doesn't, though. It doesn't, doesn't work. You've got to do the right? voice. Oh, God. But it's wrong. It's so terrible. All right. <sighs> no parking, says Mr. Lee. Must go. Law says no park here. Amy says, don't yell at people. Yellow people? You know, like yellow people, says Mr. Lee. Oh, it's terrible. It is bad, but I'd be a liar if I didn't say I found it funny. I mean, yeah. I think it's because I like play on words, and that's why I found it funny. Yeah, that's the reason. But it is not. No, correct. it's not correct at all. <laughs> no. Don't yell at me, I have a headache. She asks him for tablets. He says, you come, I'll fix. What about the car, she replies. The masters say, only the very wisest and the very stupid cannot change. She follows him into the laundry. He gives her a tablet, not an iPad, mm-hmm. natural pill, and some tea. Then says, you look for A-team. What do you mm. know about that, she replies. Many Chinese in Vietnam, many people know A-Team. How much money Missy got, he asks. She says, I have a house, some stocks and bonds. I can raise $150,000. He says they need more. How much is life worth? How much a Massey worth? Everything I own, she says. Mm. 
you get money. Bring a messy picture. If you don't hear from me in two days, it's no deal. And with a goodbye, he walks away. She leaves the laundry. Mr. Lee comes back and watches her go. He takes his teeth out and puts in a cigar. He's putting a cigar. It was Hannibal all along. I'd have fell for it. You'd have fell for him? I, I don't know. I'd have fell for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he'd have fooled you. He would have fooled me completely. Yeah. Yeah, that accent. Yeah. Mm, exactly. We cut to a hospital. Mm-hmm. Face is posing as a priest and is visiting one of the patients. The patient says, what's that you wear, a clerical collar? Face says they won't let anybody in unless you're a family member or a priest. So you steal a clerical collar? Well, I mean, that's his job though, isn't it? He, can, he, he scrounges things from you. Yeah, he does. He does. Mm-hmm. This old guy says, oh, you've been a project of mine since you were five years old. No home, no family. But you did keep us at the orphanage on our toes. He says that Face was orphaned by his family, then by his country. So we get that little Vietnam stuff in there. Yeah, see, I never knew that backstory about Face, that he was an orphan and all that. Ah, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think it really plays into the series as a whole, right? Not at all, but (laughs) it's still something I didn't know. Yeah, and now Face spends Saturday with this guy. And the guy says, Face needs to invest in himself. When mm-hmm. you think about it, Face doesn't invest in himself because he's never playing himself. Mm, think about it, Paul. Very, very, very deep. Mm. I think that's what the writers were going for, Paul. Mm-hmm. Face says he wants to get back and he's tired of running. He wants a family, but can't do it while he's running from the law. Mm-hmm. Face is the only character in this series that gets any kind of meaningful backstory of this level, right? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. None of them seem, apart from, um, you know, I suppose the deepest that we've got is um, Mr. T's anal problems on his uh, medical sheet. <laughs> his medical sheet. record, oh, yeah. yeah, that's true, yeah. that's true. Although in fairness to his medical record, his photograph was covering up the answers. I just saw the question. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, so let's not, you know. Do you think those, do you think those questions get, get uh, played out in later seasons? Do you think we ever find out what uh, his uh, anal issues are? I think there's an episode where he looks really constipated. Do you know what, though? I'm just glad that, uh, you know, with all the stuff that comes out about all our heroes from the 80s, I'm just glad that there's nothing. I've not seen the headline Mr. T anal issues on any uh, tabloids recently. No, no. The music coming from the radio in the background changes to a calling from a call from Covina. And this is really Hannibal making the call and he's pretending to cry. It's. Hannibal pretending to be um, gay in this calling. Um, uh, I wouldn't like to say. I wouldn't like to say. He's kind of camp, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Which is not the same thing. <clears throat> no, 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 just, no, no. But what but I'm saying is, weird... if, he, if he was if he was pretending to be gay in the eighties, then he would be being camp because that is would be a shorthand for it, wouldn't it? Right. Right. Got out of that one. <laughs> yeah, that's not the worst of this episode that we've done. <laughs> Face hears the call and recognizes it as code. He looks for a box for a card marked Carl from Covina. So, is this why Face really visits this guy every Saturday? <laughs> to get these phone calls, to hear these phone calls. and Yeah, because... to hear the messages of what's going on in code. Yeah, because he must leave that box there, otherwise, he's carrying it around with him all the time. Yeah, I assume the box stays with the old guy. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I assume he really wants to meet the old guy too. Who is this old guy? We don't, well, he's, he runs the orphanage that Face was at, but he's using it as a cover for picking well, up face codes. It. Face is killing two birds with one stone every Sunday, isn't he? Saturday. Every Saturday, sorry. He's, he's killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The card says light jet, 3,000 mile range, region, Mexico, language, Spanish, no shots. Yes. So no alcohol? Meanwhile, Hannibal's call is still going. He says, I moved back in with my younger sister. Face decodes this as meaning the client is a woman. Mm-hmm. Hannibal continues, a sister 25, and she's always been very assertive. Meanwhile, we cut to BA, who is fixing a kid's skateboard. Mm. I, I just hate confrontation, continues Hannibal. Sure you do, says BA out loud. Mm-hmm. Who is Hannibal? Asked the kid. B.A. says they don't teach you anything at school. Hannibal was a Carthaginian commander. He took his army over the Alps into Italy. He used elephants to carry his equipment. Nobody thought you could take an army over the Alps, but Hannibal did. Caught the Romans sleeping and beat them up. Nice to get so, a history lesson in the middle, middle of an 18 episode, I think. Well, they did this thing with Mr. T that he was like this role model for kids. That's right. I mean, he even he had his own cartoon at one point, didn't he? That always had like a message about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yet he's a guy who hits people and yeah. has a short temper. Well, you know, swings and roundabouts with everybody, really, isn't it? Yeah. Hannibal continues with the calling. The radio presenter asks him, What do you think you should do? I know this race driver and I thought I could call him and have him pick me up at three this afternoon. BA gives the skateboard back to the kid and says, I gotta pick up a friend at three o'clock. He tells the kids he may be gone for a few days. He tells them to see them next week. Don't steal no hubcaps. Mm-hmm. Hannibal is still on his call. He says he's not going to ask his sister for permission. The radio presenter says, don't let her run your life. That's right. It's interesting, but I don't remember all this coding and this subterfuge in the actual series. I mean, I guess because it's only like 45 minutes long, so they can't do this. It's kind of cool in the pilot, right? It is, yeah. But as you say, I suppose if they, if it, that'd be five minutes that they'd have to do it in every single episode. Yeah. Maybe just assume that. that they do. Yeah. 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 Face turns up at the Veterans Hospital as Lieutenant Blackmar, and he's there to check out Murdoch for his psych evaluation. Mm-hmm. Oh, but this nurse isn't having any of it. There's no orders for it. Face says Murdoch was personally requested by General Wright, the general surgeon of the Air Force, and he produces some paperwork. Faces they've gone to great trouble to get his uncle Deke Murdoch out of the Fairview Mental Hospital. His uncle is a cleaning fluid salesman. Clearly, you're aware of his ammonia fixation. Mm. Yes, he hates it, says a nurse. No, says Face, he hates his uncle Deke, who used to sell the stuff. Classic hate transference. We've all done it. Yeah, that's why you hate matey. Why? Well, it's not really about the, the bubble bath, is it, Paul? Is it not? No. Shall we talk about it? Do we have no, time? no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I showed you something from the eighties. Yes, very good. On point. You remember? You remember Matey? Matey, yeah, little little sailor guy that you get yeah. take into the bath. Well, I mean, it wasn't an actual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you used to take a little sailor to your bath time, did you, Paul? Only on uh, only on the weekends. It's funny, you have problems in the bedroom on Tuesdays. On the weekends, you take a sailor to your bed, <laughs> bath time. You're really, like, planning these days out. This is, this is adding up a little bit too much, isn't it? I don't... Yeah, by, by the time we finish this episode, we'll have a full week mapped out. 
You're kidding, says a nurse. Buffet says he doesn't think it's a good to kid about mental illness. That's right. He's right. No, no. So, right. I mean, the racism, casual racism is all right. And uh, rape. And sexism. But, and sexism. Yeah, but and mental rape. illness, don't go there. No, 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 no. No. That's why we don't joke about yours. From this episode, who's the one with the mental illness? It's not me. Oh, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about the sexism, misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Faye says he doesn't have time to discuss the matter as he only has the uncle for a day because he's due to have a lobotomy tomorrow. The nurse orders Murdoch for release. Mm-hmm. Lobotomy, always the go-to in TV and films for mental illness, right? It, it is. I think it's just the shorthand, isn't it? For uh... And it's a gag as well. Yeah, yeah. We cut to face of Murdoch leaving the hospital. Murdoch says he's surprised the Surgeon General let him out. Faye says he didn't. I did. And I had to bring Uncle Deke into town. Oh, how is Uncle Deke? asks Murdoch. You don't have an Uncle Deke, replies Faze. I'm sorry to hear about that. I was just starting to like him. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You hate him. He used to beat you. Oh, that creep, says Murdoch. I like all that stuff. That's good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Murdoch comments on Faze's flashy car. He says he got it off Cactus Jake, the rodeo star, and then he also got them a Gulfstream. Can you fly it? Murdoch says, if it's got wings, I can fly it. Hey, face, what's a Gulfstream? <laughs> yeah, it's a good gag. Yeah. But um, it did strike me that, you know, Colonel Lynch pointed out earlier that Murdoch could fly anything with wings, but his own teammate has to ask him. Yeah, but you, you want to make sure, right? I suppose, especially if they think he might be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, oh. you want to make sure he can fly it. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And plus, plus, face doesn't know anything about planes. Yeah, you're right. It was completely wrong. Then carry on. Yeah, we cut to the L.A. Courier Express newspaper office. Amy mm. is carrying a box to her car. As she does, Hannibal and B.A. pull alongside. I hear you want to hire the A team. Did you get the money in the picture? Amy says yes. He tells Amy to hand it over, but she refuses. She wants to go to Mexico with them. Hannibal looks at B.A. who just rolls his eyes. Mm-hmm. I like that scene. Mm-hmm. Now, Hannibal is supposed to be good at working things out. So anybody carrying a box from the workplace to the car has just been fired, right? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Or the stealing stuff, right, Paul? <laughs> what? <laughs> Either way, the A-team's not getting paid, I would assume. I would have noticed that at that point. That's true, isn't it? But uh, yeah. they just think that everything's... Kosher, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Hannibal tells her they're leaving now. She says, what about my car? I have to pack. Hannibal tells her you got five seconds. She grabs a bag, locks a car, and gets in with Hannibal. Mm-hmm. He introduces her to B.A., who just stirs at her. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about him. He's got a bad attitude. Yep. B.A. drives away. As they drive away, a military policeman who had been hiding in his car pops up. <laughs> <laughs> he radios Lynch and tells him that Amy has just met the A-team. Now, Lynch is with the kids we saw earlier with B.A. Mm-hmm. He tells the MP on the radio to stay with the A-team and that he's on his way. He drives away. And funnily enough, we see the hubcaps are gone from his car. I didn't catch that. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't notice that. No, that's a nice touch. Yeah, you didn't see the giant close-up of the wheel. Okay. Well, yeah, but I mean, it didn't register with me. Okay. Yeah. It's funny, but because I now after what you said, I'm seeing all these things. And mm. what I mean, what you said about him chasing him for 10 years, 
Yeah. And now he's just meeting everybody. Yeah. Like, why is he now just with these kids? Which, as you say, could have been fixed with just a line to say that, you know, he's new to the job, that the, la- yeah. the last guy got fired yeah. because he hadn't caught them yet. So either we're missing something and somebody's going to email us and go, oh, you idiot, it's because blah, blah, blah. Or yeah. it's, it is nonsense. I don't think we are. We, we, no. we're, we're infallible. Yeah, that's not the word I'd use to describe you. <laughs> Inflatable. It's me, I said us. Inflatable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to a plane landing at an airport. Mm-hmm. Face and Murdoch pull up and he honks his horn. He tells Murdoch that he's been laying the groundwork on the plane deal for two months mm-hmm. and that Murdoch should keep his mouth shut. A woman comes out to greet Face. Her name's Avon. And as Paul says to me, you know who she is, right? Yes, she's uh, Dale Hardon, isn't she? Is it Hardon? It's a name, Dale Hardon. You keep adding an H <laughs> to the end last name. Are you doing it's that on me- purpose? It's, it's Melody Anderson from Flash Garden. From Flash Garden, yes it is. You've got to say, haven't you, that Flash Garden didn't do uh, neither her nor Sam Jones any favours, did it? Not really. Is this after Flash Garden? Oh, yeah, yeah. Flash Garden was 80, I think. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. He introduces Murdoch as Buster Hawthorne, his personal pilot. <laughs> Buster Hawthorne. I think I did that the other day when I was working out. <laughs> the funniest bit about that sentence is the fact that you were working out. You didn't say what I was working out. A uh, mathematical son. I do my taxes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like straining. <laughs> say a big howdy, says Face. Big howdy, says Murdoch, unimpressed. Mm. Face tells him to go look at the Gulf Stream while he makes a deal with Avon. Oh yeah, all right. That was a bit sinister, but all right. Make a deal with Avon. Wasn't that those uh, people that used to come around your house and try and sell you um, perfume and stuff like that back in the eighties? Yeah, Avon that... Carling. Ding Avon dong. Calling. Yeah, is that still a thing? I don't know. Uh, not living in your country and also not being a woman. Yes, you know. The... <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the prime candidate for makeup, not yet. Maybe one day, who knows? Might take my fancy. Well, then they'll, they'll call on you then. Yeah, a little bit of blusher. I, I, my, I always remember my, my, my mum used to have the Avon lady come round. She always smelled funny. The Avon lady or your mum? <laughs> the Avon lady. She always, smelled, <laughs> she always smelled a bit funny, yeah. Well, probably because she's carrying a shitload of makeup with probably, her. Probably, yeah, probably. I wonder where you were going then when you said she's carrying a shitload. <laughs> I thought, what? Yeah, she's going to cluster me back. What do they put What do they put it in those products? <laughs> oh, back in the 80s, who the hell knows? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Something died, obviously. Yeah, not D-Y-E-D. No, exactly. No. Inside the place, she asks him what happened to the Leah. Face spins her a story and tells her he wants to test the flight, the plane for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, I have my notes that says this actor he isn't bad in the role. It's just that Dirk Benedict has a certain, I don't know, smugness about him that works for the character. I think it's charisma. You think it's charisma? I All right, it's, I, Dirk I, Benedict's I, I, got charisma. This guy's kind of a blank slate, as far as I'm concerned. I have no argument with that whatsoever. But also, don't, but don't you think that Benedict plays it face like smog? And that's why when things go wrong, it, it's better. Yeah, absolutely. So Avon says she should write out a sales contract. Face asks her if she wants a check, but she says his credit is good with them. Mm-hmm. We cut to the car with Hannibal and B.A. B.A. saying that he's not going to get on a plane and he isn't flying with that fool 
Murdoch, Hannibal mm-hmm. placates him, but can be seen taking out a little jar marked Novocaine and a syringe. You're not going to do the voice? No. You're not going to do a Mr. T? Mr. T? You're not going to do Mr. T? I ain't flying with no fool, Murdoch. No, I'm not. So you're not going to do Mr. T then? No, I'm not. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Did I mention Murdoch Hannibal asks Amy? He then tells BA that they're not going to the airport. Isn't Murdoch crazy? Asks Amy. BA says, if we're flying, then we're dying. Wise words. Hannibal syringes the Novocaine to BA and tells him to turn right up there. Amy stares at Hannibal and is wondering what's going on because mm. BA doesn't feel the syringe and like Hannibal shrugs as well. Yeah, it's like, yeah, whatever. We've done it a million times and we'll do yeah. it a million times more. Yep. Oh yeah, we will. Mm. They pull into a side street. BA is suspicious. He asks Hannibal, what you doing, sucker? Hannibal gets out of the car. BA says this road leads to the airport, but Hannibal denies just as a low plane flies overhead. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I like this scene. Mm, so do I. It's very I good. like the fact they just look at it as it goes overhead. They don't <laughs> say anything. <laughs> Amy wants to know what's going on. BA chases Hannibal. You lie to me. Me? Lie? Says Hannibal, just as another low-flying plane goes <laughs> over them, and they just both look up. Mm. I told you what I was going to do to you next time. You take me on an airplane. Amy frantically asks to be told, what's going on? BA punches Hannibal, but the Novocaine, oh, it's starting to affect him. He falls, mm-hmm. but staggers back up. He tries to hit Hannibal again, but collapses. Why did he hit you, asks Amy. Hit me, replies Hannibal. If he hit me, I'd be in hospital. That's another good line. Yeah. We cut to the military police car who reports that the A-team are on their way to the airport. Lynch says he's almost there with troops. We cut to the Gulfstream, taxiing. Hannibal, B.A. and Amy pull up. Hannibal has to carry the unconscious B.A. You I, bet that, that, do... that's not gonna, I bet that's not going to do Peppard's back any good, is it? No, he's got to be pretty heavy, right? Mm-hmm. And he's actually <clears> carrying <throat> him as well. He is. Do you think you could carry him? What, George Peppard? No, could you carry B.A.? Um, after, if I've had a few beers, yeah, probably I'd give it a go. Why would beers help? Um, Does it beers make you stronger? Is it like spinach to Popeye? <laughs> You're like crushing beer cans and go, duh, 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 your little muscles come out. They, would, they wouldn't necessarily make me physically stronger, but they would make me think I was physically stronger. So they're more likely for me to actually accomplish. No, but I, I hate to tell you this, but thinking you are stronger does not actually make you stronger. That's how it works. <laughs> no. I don't think it is. Do you, do you think you could carry me? Well, obviously not. I mean, look at you. Just... <laughs> right. Maybe after a few beers, you could think you could carry me, and that's how it works. <laughs> that's right. So you're getting it now. All right. Lynch gets out and watches the plane fly away. We get some kick-ass 80s uh, rock guitar over the top of all this as well, don't we? We do, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember the A-Team being like very varied in its music. It's usually a riff of the theme tune, right? Pretty much, yeah. I think they use yeah. the same the same music cues all the way through every episode, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. The Murdoch houses, they reach. Yeah, Murdoch's doing accents now as well, isn't he? Yeah, yes, mm. he is, yeah. Mm. Cruising altitude. Faze tells him that they're going to Acapulco. Murdoch says he doesn't have flight plans. 
and doesn't have enough fuel to follow the coastline. He says it'll be better if they follow a plane already going that way. Face gives him the times of planes leaving LAX to Acapulco, and Murdoch selects a Western airline because the red and white planes are easy to see and the pilots don't mind if you hitchhike. Mm-hmm. In the passenger pairs of the plane, the tying BA up. Amy asks why? They reveal it's so he won't kill them if he comes to before they land. <laughs> Amy asks, why do they have to drug BA if he's one of their team? Hannibal says BA hates the pilot because the pilot is insane. Mm. And he's up there flying us now. She asks, yes, says Face calmly, just as Murdoch walks past singing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, like it, is a good it is a good bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Face pulls it back to the cockpit. What a kidder, he says. Amy's not <laughs> amused. The A-team is not exactly what she thought they'd be. Hannibal lays it out for her. You hired a bunch of gunfighters. If you wanted somebody with good manners, you should have hired an English butler. The pilot is really insane, she asks. We think so, says Hannibal. Is there any, I guess he's playing along. Yeah. Mm. Are you still being chased by the government, she asks. Did, did she not see all the bloody cars with lights and sirens just moments ago? Clearly not, no. No, okay. Clearly not. Well, she's fixated on the store, isn't she, and, and getting her friend. Yeah. That's right, but Amy doesn't understand why they're not all living in Switzerland where it's safe. Hannibal simply says, because we're not Swiss, we're Americans. Ah. We have a little problem right now, but we'll work it out. Right now, we stick together and do what we do best. Now, Mr. Lee said you had $100,000 to finance this operation. He takes out a small bundle of money for Amy's bag, but can't find any more. She says the bank was closed. She borrowed all she could. Face counts $25,000, which isn't enough to pay for jet fuel. Mm. Hannibal says they should turn around and call it off. Amy says Mr. Lee told her he would call and give her time to get the money together. Hannibal says, oh, that's not what Mr. Lee said. Amy replies, ah, how would you know you weren't there? <laughs> <laughs> Faye suggests they start the movie company again and finance it that way. But Hannibal says, that's just a big hassle. They've clearly done that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amy says, I'll get the money when they get back. Her word is good. Women and children of high birth are very trustworthy, she says, quoting Mr. Lee. Hannibal switches to his Mr. Lee voice. The masters say women and people of low birth are hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. She realizes it was Mr. Lee all along. Oh. It was Hannibal. Oh. Big forehead slap. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got a big forehead, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. that tickled you. You did, yes. It tickled yeah. me right there, it did. Right on the forehead. Yes. We cut to a shot of the plane flying and views of Acapulco. Mm-hmm. The commercial jet that Murdoch is following is given landing clearance. Inside, B.A. is snoring. Oh, it's a snore. He's waking up. Oh, right, okay. Hannibal goes to Murdoch and says the sleeping giant is waking up. How fast can you get us down? You've just landed, replies Murdoch, and puts the plane in a dive. Air traffic control warns them that they shouldn't be landed. Murdoch lands anyway. Hannibal says they're going to get in trouble from the airport. Murdoch says that they can't do anything to him, as he's an escaped mental patient. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be flying at all. The plane taxis to an old hangar. Airport security vehicles are speeding towards them. Face tells them that they have the script in his bag that Miguel Perez is the head of the film commission and that they're shooting the sexy, dumb, blonde movie. 
The sexy what? They're shooting the sexy, dumb, blonde ah, movie. I thought, I thought you said the sexy Don Blonde movie. I thought, who's he? Don Blonde? Don Blonde. Oh, who is in that um, detective show? Uh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oddly, he was a brunette. Hmm. It was the 80s. Yeah. That's my answer for everything. Okay. It, it does appear to be for our podcast. It we is. Should it just, is. Actually, we should have just called the podcast It's the 80s. But then we would have limited to just stuff from the 80s. We would. We would. Yeah. We don't want to do that. No. Right. And it, it's just the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. That's too long of a title. It is. It is. Yeah. Hannibal says, let's get this poor heart attack victim off the plane and hands Amy an oxygen bottle and mask, referring to her as a nurse. Mm-hmm. He tells Murdoch to bring his headset and they carry BA out. Mm. Ground control greet Hannibal and tell him that they're grounding the plane for an illegal landing. Hannibal says, this man is dying, as BA is brought out. Face is plain doctor. The ground controller says they didn't know about a heart attack victim. Murdoch says they didn't want to say anything that would upset the passengers. What passengers, he replies. Amy says, I'm a passenger. Can I just stop you there? Interestingly enough, I didn't get any of this in my episode. Oh, you didn't? All this is cut out? So where did you go from? The plane lands and then it goes straight to them being in the car in next episode. Oh, no, we have this entire scene. So this is new to me. Oh, this is good. All right. Okay. Hannibal says, this man is dying. Where's the hospital? On the main road, they're told. Which... It, let's be honest, isn't the best direction. I mean, where is the main road? Is there only mm. one? How do you know it's a main road? Yeah. Oh. How do you know which one is the main road? Yeah, exactly. Murdoch yells for the keys. The controller, who is now just like agitated and doesn't know what's going, hands them over. Mm-hmm. And Hannibal says, Oh, we'll give them back. We cut to them driving along the main road and they adjust the date on BA's watch to make it look like he's been in the car for over two days. Mm-hmm. And then he wakes up. He does. And they're trying to convince BA that they, uh, they've drove for 26 hours all the way from the States. But BA's suspicious, um, especially when he sees Murdoch's in the car as well. Yeah. At some point, he's going to cut an on to this, right? Well, five seasons no. would, would, would say otherwise, really. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So they pull over and um, they start to go over their plan. Mm-hmm. Murdoch and Face uh going to go off and put together the fake movie that they're supposedly shooting as yeah. a cover. Yeah. And Hannibal and Amy and BA are going to set off to try and find any information on what's happened to Manny Cortez. Yeah, and what's the name of this fake movie? Uh, uh, go on. Boots and Bikinis. <laughs> at least it's Boots. Yeah, at least it's Boots, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mind you, you don't get boobs in the 18, do you? Um, I don't know. (laughs) 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 I was going to say the guy's name who plays face, but I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. yeah. Tim. Good old Tim. 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 Tim Dunnigan, yes. The BA is also amazed to find out that um, that it's Friday already. Yeah. So what did they do then? Explain that to me. What the, the, what, so they, they changed the time on his watch? Yeah, so they, they changed it to, you know, because it's an old watch, analog watch, so they fast forward it to Friday. Mm-hmm. So throughout this entire episode, he's like a day ahead of everybody else, but doesn't know it. Right. Okay, I get that. Now. Okay. 
So uh, Fat Man goes to um, he goes to blag his way into a swanky hotel by posing as um, I think he says he's a Fox Studio exec or something like that, doesn't 20th he? Twentieth Century Fox, yes. Mm. Odd I wonder why they chose them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know whether it was a dig at them or something. I don't know. Yeah, because the show's not the show's a Universal show, isn't it? Yes, I think so. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that he's in town to shoot, uh, he calls it a Bo Derek picture, doesn't he? He actually says that it stars Farrah Fawcett, Bo Derek, and Lonnie Anderson. Nothing like dating yourself, is there? No, no. Mm. Why, if you dated yourself? I didn't know you went out with yourself. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of I haven't checked my rings lately. Oh, have you not? There's yeah. uh, probably too many by now. <laughs> So meanwhile, B.A., Amy and Hannibal go off to um, a local dive bar that was mentioned in Massey's notes. Yes. So Hannibal goes inside telling Amy to uh, stay in the car. B.A. says to um, Amy about Hannibal, you learn to love him, Mama, but it takes a long time. There is a part where Hannibal says, if this was smart, I wouldn't be working for a skirt with no money. I wonder why she wasn't happy about being in this series. <laughs> Do you think um, do you think Peppard got to um, edit his own lines? Oh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he just sat there with a big red marker pen. Right, that's gonna go. I'm gonna replace yep. it with that. <laughs> yep, that's gone. Mm-hmm. Why use a name? Absolutely, yeah. So um, Amy doesn't take Hamill's advice, and she follows him inside the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, inside the locals are less than friendly, especially when um, Hannibal mentions Manny Cortez's name. Right. So uh, they all square up a bit, but luckily Hannibal has a secret weapon. B.A. crashes through the bar doors in that it's that iconic shot that we see again and again and again in the credits of every episode. Yeah. Also, yeah. during during this part, Amy keeps saying to him, like, is this part of the plan? And Hannibal keeps saying, no, because <laughs> the plan's not going right. And I, I kind of found that funny, that interchange between the two. Where yeah, she keeps asking he's... him. He's, he's flying by the seat of his pants at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But the locals in the bar, they've got their own version of uh, BA, haven't they? They do. He's called AB. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's I was going to say negative. Yeah. Yeah, they, they call on this this huge, hurry, muscly giant comes out, doesn't he? So then we get a bar fight. We do, yes. One where our heroes don't fur very well. They don't. Um, although Hannibal does have some smart moves, or, or, or should I say that his stunt double does? He does. His stunt double gets a lot of work in this episode. Did, did you see the shot where um, Hannibal gets thrown over the bar and there's this terrible edit before George Pepper pops back up on the other side? Yeah, and I, not only is it it's terrible, but also it's weird because why couldn't you just have George Pepper down underneath the bar and then yeah, the, the classic it's the classic um cinematic switch. gag isn't it yeah. yeah you just switch them yeah but no it's a cut isn't there there's a really yeah, bad a cut. cut yeah yeah t the mr t stunt double um that gets thrown into a bunch of tables he's about half the size of mr t as well did you notice <laughs> well at least this one's not wearing a skull cap like <laughs> one of the ones in the later episodes <laughs> yes that is true yeah um Peppard's uh, stunt double's wig as well. Is, uh... Yep, yep, it's, it's good. So anyway, as you said, they lose the fight. They're tied to the chairs in the bar, and they get questioned as to why they have been searching for Cortez. And Amy explains that they that they hope that they can lead them to uh, her friend Massey. Luckily, 
as it turns out, that um, the guy asking the questions is actually Manny Cortez himself. Right, yes. Mm. That was handy. It was lucky, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, Hannibal loves it, though, doesn't he? Because he's, he's kind of, you know, the whole sense of theatrics appeals to him a bit, doesn't he? Because um, cause Cortez is wearing a fake moustache, isn't he? Cortez explains that he's, uh, he's a marked man, but he might know something about Massey. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Face shows uh, Hannibal and co around the, uh, the, the nice penthouse suite that he's managed to uh, blag from the hotel. Yeah, the private villa. Very nice. Yes, it is. It's very nice. So Hannibal says that tomorrow he's going to go off to San Rio Blanco and check out the lay of the land. Yeah, do a lot of reconnaissance, right? So later, um, Carter shows them um, on a map where the enemy camp could probably be, he says, so he's not sure. No, no. Murdoch says that's okay because he can spot it from the air. And yeah. uh, Hannibal suggests that um, they should find a, a, a plane, a crop duster, and that they should um, dust the marijuana fields with poison. Right. Hannibal also wants some uh, armor plating. And um, he also needs some hardware, all of which Face is going to, quote unquote, acquire in his role as a studio exec. Yeah, because every movie needs armor plating, ammonia, <laughs> poison. <laughs> what what kind of a film is he making? I don't know. I mean, I've I, I, I want to be in it. I bet you do, especially with Bo Derek and Farrah Fawcett. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen some of their films. I don't remember being, you know, ammonia and armor plating playing much of a role in, in their films. Maybe it should have. Well, yeah, look, judging from some of the films, I saw a terrible one where it was some kind of um, softcore sex movie with Farrah Fawcett in from... I'm sure I didn't dream it. I'm sure it was a real thing. No, I'm just enjoying the fact that you're trying to pretend you were disgusted by it. I think it was called something like Lumbago or something like that. Lumbago? Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that when you hurt your back? It was something like that, you know, some foreign foreign word. (laughs) So English. Lumbago. (laughs) You actually Googling Lumbago? (laughs) I'm curious now. There was a TV episode, a TV show called Lumbago. I'm sure she made a movie. Yeah, it probably wasn't Lumbago, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. It, it was something like that, though. Hmm. I always remember the cover in the video uh, in the video shop. Yeah, which one was this? Who was in it? Farrah Fawcett. It? It's Farrah Fawcett yes. film. It's a very striking cover. I remember. What was striking about it? Tits. No need to be rude. What was striking about <laughs> it? Just answer no, it was, the question. It's it. it uh, they they struck me in the face as a as a impressionable young was, youth. Was it three D? I thought you were asking me a serious question then for a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't oh. remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't remember what it was filmed in. So later, um, Faceman is hassling the... Um, who is he? Is he like an investor or something for the movie? No, he's the... Uh, film commission representative, Film isn't commissioner he? for that country. That's right, yeah. yeah. So he's hassling him for all the, uh, all the stuff that we mentioned before. He manages to get a bus. His name is Miguel Perez. What, the bus? No, the head of the film commission. Oh, right, okay. All right, all right. I need to call a bus Miguel. Is there a proper name for a bus that you could call that isn't weird? I'm sure there's a bus in Thomas the Tank Engine that's got a name. What if they ever made a part film called Thomas the Wank Engine? You'd think they would, right? 
<laughs> Seems that would be perfect, right? Add it to the list of scripts that you're writing. Bertie the boss. That's him, Bertie. There you go. Yeah. Be a better so, name. So we've got Perez is the film commissioner. Mm-hmm. The boss is called Bertie. That's right. But yeah, he's less than impressed with the boss, but Face tells Hannibal that he's also got a line on uh, a crop duster and some mm-hmm. armor plating. Yeah, well done, Face. Yeah, he's the man. Face man. He is. So uh, together with Cortez, they take uh, the bus to Rio Blanco. They do, yeah. And the locals are so happy to see Cortez, who uh, he actually comes from that town to begin with. Yeah, it's a it's a homecoming gig. Yes, they have a bit of a celebration. He's playing to his home crowd. So Hannibal hopes that the people... Um, Hannibal bra- hopes? Who's Hannibal that? Hope- yeah, oh, <laughs> new character. His brother? Oh, he hopes that the, the people in the village are, are brave because uh, they're going to have to fight as well. So at a town rally, some of the um, people are reluctant. Most of them are reluctant at first, aren't they? They are. They take a vote, and there's only a handful of people that agree yeah. to fight. Yeah. And for, but fortunately, Cortez, uh, he gets them all going with a rousing speech. Um, I think you've missed the fact that B.A. has a very good go at it first. What does B.A. say? I've not written down his words because someone else is supposed to be doing the detailed <laughs> notes for this section. But B.A. talks about the villagers fighting and how they should unite and come together and how if you let somebody walk over you, that's how you're going to live your life. And they come, they start to think about it. I mean, Cortez brings them up by doing the yelling, but afterwards when, the walk, when Amy and Hannibal are walking away, Amy makes a comment about it. So B.A. lays the groundwork and Cortez uh, takes the credit at the end. Yeah, so B.A. lines up the shot. Mm-hmm. Cortez knocks in in the goal. Very good. So then we get a montage. First one in the history of uh, the A-team. Yes. Um, we get uh, shots of uh, B.A. working on the bus. And at one point, he's, he's leading a bunch of children through the streets carrying a big girder or something on his shoulders. Yeah, when B.A. is doing his speech, he says that he he didn't have a house to live in. Mm-hmm. Could have sold some of that jewellery. <laughs> that would have helped, right? He's like, an, he's like an action figure, though, isn't he? It's stuck to him. Oh, he can't remove it? He can't remove it, no. Yeah, I didn't think about him. that. So did you think when he goes to bed, he wears that jewellery? Absolutely. What about when taking a shower? Still wearing yeah, it? Still wearing it, yeah. Yeah. So when he ah oh, when he takes it off, is there like a line where the jewelry is? Must be. Yeah, must be. But then he doesn't take it off. That's right. He doesn't. So you know, because it doesn't come off. It's stuck to him. It's part of him. It is him. Yeah, yeah. it's him. He is. And, and okay. I know this. I know this for a fact because I oh. tried to take off the jewelry of my Mister T um, action figure at the time, and it wouldn't come off. Why did you try to take it off? <laughs> No, no, my big action figure had real clothes on, actual cloth clothes. So you wanted to seem naked? <laughs> I think, I think in, in the storyline I was playing with my action oh, figures. That's an interesting <laughs> story. Where's this, in this storyline that goes, B.A. does Dallas. <laughs> Where's this storyline going? It was, it was, it was a perfectly um, wholesome storyline. He just needed to mm-hmm. take his clothes off at one point. <laughs> <laughs> How many wholesome storylines involve people taking their clothes off? Adam and Eve—they got their clothes off, haven't they? That's wow. in the Bible, so that's got to be wholesome. Yeah, you're right. 
Okay. Phew, he didn't, he didn't realise that Adam and Eve didn't have clothes to begin with, so they didn't have any to take off. But that's good, he didn't realise. <laughs> no, I, I did realise, I was just letting you go with it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so the jewellery doesn't come off. All right, so we'll um, we'll untable your trying to see your action figures naked conversation to a whole of a time, and I'll let you continue. Good, 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 because, I mean, you really don't want to get into the things that my action men got up to. <laughs> no, sir. What did your action men get up to? Oh, well, they had trouble because, I mean, their underpants wouldn't come off. Would they not? Oh, no, no, no. They were, they were, they were painted on. Did you have an eagle eye action man? <clears throat> yes, I had one with the beard. How does eagle eye mean he's got a beard? No, I'm just saying my, my eagle eyed action man I, I happened to have a beard. Oh, okay. Yeah. All I right. mean, I had ones without beards. I also, I, also, I also had one that was dressed in a, in a uh, Gestapo Nazi uniform as well. <laughs> Don't ask me why, why I had that, but I did, yes. He, he, took, to... he took his uniform off a few times. Oh, <laughs> that, was, that was actually going to be my question. Didn't need to ask it. So you were spending your time alone in your bedroom with these action men taking their clothes off and seeing if they were naked. I knew they were good. Well, obviously, they're going to be naked if you take your clothes off. But it was right. part of the story. What was going on in the story it was perfectly natural. That everybody takes their clothes off. <laughs> if, they, yeah, if, they're in, in, if, if the story takes them and they're in a desert and it's really hot, they have to take their clothes off. <laughs> no, because they burn. You know, if you're playing with, you're playing with them in the bath, they get wet. So you've got to so, take, so they take the clothes off before they get into the bath. Well, where's the fun in that? Just fun in them taking the clothes off while they're in the bath? Well, they fell in the bath, didn't they? Oh, he's like, ooh, they fell in the bath <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> anyway, how did we get onto this? Oh, Mr. T, right, okay. I don't know, but it's far more interesting than the A-team. <laughs> Quite honestly. I also had a, a, an action man that had um, uh, the Spy Who Loved Me James Bond ski outfit on as well. Right, so it's supposed to be a... Not an action man, it was a James Bond. Oh, no, wait. it was an action it, it man with, a, yeah. Oh, it's the Winter Soldier type thing, right? Yes, that was it, yeah. Yeah, 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 rather than, it wasn't to do with James Bond. But it looked like, I, it, in my head, but it was James Bond. You pretended it was James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he took his clothes off as well a few times. <laughs> I don't even know why they bother selling them with clothes on. You just kept taking the clothes off all the time. What is wrong with you? It all made sense at the time. So all you've got is just a line of naked action men, well, no, they which put, they all put the, look the same. They put the clothes back on, obviously. Oh, yeah. Is that the fun part? <laughs> oh, put them back on. And occasionally oh, yeah. they'd, 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 they'd swap clothes between them. Oh, would they? Dirty mm. buggers. Swapping clothes. So, falling I mean, off. Yeah. Falling so, back on. Sometimes the Gestapo sometimes. officer would wear, would yeah. wear his Gestapo pants. But Backwards. then, we're, but then we're, we're at the top of like a British soldier. Why? Was because he pretended he's... to be a British soldier? Yeah, he's in disguise. He's in disguise. But only from the top upwards. <laughs> but only from the top upwards. Yeah, that's right. How would that work? He's there <laughs> trying to get into a British army camp. He's going, "Hello, Tommy. <laughs> I am just an English officer." Uh, sorry, mate. What's wrong with the pants? But they look rather German. Oh, no, they are my special pants. <laughs> What's going on with this German officer? Where's this guy trained? <laughs> look, 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 I was a child at the time. 
Yeah. It, all this made perfect sense at the time. So how did this make sense? So he was disguised only yes. from the waist upwards. Yes. yes. Well, no one saw his legs. Well, well, no, but he couldn't. T- he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't put the trousers on. Why? From, from the British soldier, because Why? they were the wrong size. Wait, no. How could they be the wrong size? All the action men are exactly the same size. Yeah, but size. in the story, they were the wrong size. Is what I'm saying. So in my head, they were the wrong size. So he had to leave his German trousers on and put the top half of the British uniform on. Okay, so so you had two action men exactly the same size. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right, right. Mm-hmm. British officer, mm-hmm. Gestapo. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And in your mind, you decided they weren't the same size, yeah. even though. They actually were. Yeah. So you made up this whole story that because they weren't the same. <laughs> 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 because. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, now, now you're explaining it because... to me. I'm seeing the floor in it. Yeah, but. Because they know. weren't the same size, he wasn't going to wear the pants. That's right. I mean, he, he was lucky if the shoes fit, to be honest. Wait, was he wearing shoes? Uh, yeah, most of the time, yeah. Unless he was in the <laughs> desert, then he wouldn't have the shoes so, on, obviously. So, so, why? Why don't you wear shoes in the desert? Because of the sand. You take your shoes off when you're on a beach, don't you? Yeah, there's a little difference between a desert and a beach, but <laughs> this, that's the least of our problems at the moment. So, <laughs> this guy is wearing, he's wearing boots, British boots, I assume. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's wearing pants, right? Well, the pants, well, underpants. So he isn't wearing, isn't even wearing his Gestapo pants? No, no, you, no, the, 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 yeah, you're talking about his trousers or his underpants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So he's wearing his Gestapo trousers or not? Uh, He's wearing his Gestapo trousers, yes. Okay, okay. So he's wearing his Gestapo trousers. He's wearing a British uniform top. Yes. And he's wandering into a British base. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To steal going, a tank, because I had a tank. So he's stealing a tank. Mm-hmm. And at no point did the British go, that's kind of weird, that guy's wearing weird pants. Well, it's all in the confidence, isn't it, how he pulled it off? Well, it's the way he walks. He's like strutting, mm. you know, yeah. shoulders back. Does the right accent. Hello, I am... What the fuck accent is that? Where is he? Hello, I am a British officer. Is that what he says? Yes. That'd be weird, though. I'm sorry, but if you went, he went, good morning, sir. And and the person coming towards you went, hello, I am a British officer. You'd be like, that's kind of weird. Why is he pointed out that he's a British officer? We're all British officers. It, it was it was just as bad for the British guy, though, that he took the, the, the top half of the outfit off because he was left with the German one. That's a good point. So yeah. here we go. So what was he doing at this time? He he was um, trying to fight his way back through the desert to get back to the British base. Usually, or he or, might sometimes uh, he fell sometimes he fell into the swamp, which was which was the bath, obviously. All right. And, and, and then he had to take his clothes off again because he was all no, wet again. No. Where is this British base that's got a swamp and a desert? Under my bed. No, no, I meant in your imagination. What location in, is this? In the desert swamp. Or the swamp the desert, desert. Or the swamp the desert. Swamp desert. Yeah. They're not two different things. Not not in my bedroom, they're not, no. Okay. So there's there's a desert swamp yes. somewhere. Yes. Where there's a British base. Africa, probably. Yeah, because Africa's yeah. known for its swamps. <laughs> 
big, big, big advertising point for Africa. Yeah. It's swamps. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Mm. All right. So <clears throat> we're in Africa with its <sighs> desert swamps. That's right. Yes. And we've got a German officer who's wearing a German tunic with. No, no, no. He's wearing a British tunic. I'm mm-hmm. getting confused. With her German pants, British shoes. Yeah. Yes, yes, because he's got the other ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. And then we've got the British officer who's wearing... Wait, the German was nice enough to put his top on, the other guy? Oh, no, he left it with him while he was... I've... And he just put it on because yeah. he needed something he needed in the some... desert yeah. to cover yeah. up. That's right. It being hot. Mm. Yeah, we get sunburned, okay. weren't we? That's right. So he needs to put on mm-hmm. the German. So he's wandering around with a German top and British pants. What shoes yeah. is he wearing? He's wearing uh, the German shoes. All right. So here's my question, Paul. Yeah, okay. The German mm-hmm. didn't take the British officer's pants because they don't fit. That's right. But he took his shoes. Do his shoes fit? His shoes fit, yeah. He's got, so he's got the same size feet, just different length legs. <laughs> That's right. He's got the same size oh. feet, but his legs are too long. Okay. And mm. at no point did you think of just turning these pants up or inwards to, you know. Well, but if, too, yeah, but if, these, if his legs are too long, then that makes, means that the trousers are too short. Uh, and that would look weird, right? It would look weird, yeah. Yeah, you can't have that. No. Right. So now we've got a British officer yes. who's got a yes. German top, British yeah. pants, German shoes, that's right. Which apparently are different. I don't know how you tell, but okay. Mm-hmm. Just shoes. Well, the What's German it? shoes are more like boots, aren't they? Jack boots. Jack ja- ja- boots. Yeah. What, yeah, what are the British ones like then? Shoes. Brown shoes. Just brogues? <laughs> little bit, little. <laughs> what are they? Espadrilles. It's some no, the best. <laughs> just accidentally, accidentally got called up while he's on a Sunday night out. <laughs> you were like brown boots, you know. But not, but not big jack boots. Boots, you know. No. Army right. boots. All right. You've got to bear in mind as well that also in this desert, I had um, the uh, snow uh, trooper guy <laughs> walking around in his full outfit and skis. And then to bring it back on point to the episode that we're talking about, Mr. T would turn up. Oh, Mr. T. Yeah, Mr. T would turn up. He's skiing on the sand. You can ski, ski on sand, can't you? But so, Mr. T would turn up as well, yeah. Okay, so we've got a German <laughs> officer yeah. entering a British base mm-hmm. wearing a British tunic with German pants mm-hmm. and British shoes. Yes. We've got a British officer who's mm-hmm. doing whatever, kidnapped, yeah. don't yeah. know, but he's wearing a German top, British pants, German shoes, because he's borrowed the ones from the German officer because mm-hmm. they fit perfectly. We've got a... Well, is this British, the, the guy in the skis? Uh, yes, he's British. Yeah, he's okay. coming to help the British guy, and he's come equipped perfectly <laughs> for the swamp desert in his skis and winter outfit. That's right. Okay, so we got this guy, and then we've got Mister T. And I haven't even told you who was like the the leader of the Germans, did I? Who's head of the German guys, Paul? My twelve inch Darth Vader. I'm glad you added Darth Vader to that. <laughs> well, that's helmets, you know. Sort of similar. So, so Darth Vader is the leader of this, of the Germans. Of the Germans, obviously. Of the Germans. Obviously. Mm. (sighs) You know, Mm. who'd think otherwise? Mm. Silly. Do do you know who was the leader of the of the British? Well, they had two. They had two actually. Oh, okay. Did did they work on shifts? 
Um, well, they, one, of the, one of the day shifts, one of the night shifts. Yeah, if you like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the leaders of the British were my 12-inch. Um, I had a lot of 12-inch figures, you know, sort of action, sort of man-sized ones. Man-sized? Action man-sized. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had them, um, because they were like Mego-type dolls, weren't they? And, uh, so I had a Buck Rogers. Yeah. And I also, okay, had a, I also had a Mr. Spock from Star Trek The Motion Picture as well. Okay. Who had a weird pointy finger for some reason. I don't know why. Right now, that's the least of our worries. <laughs> they would sometimes take the clothes off as well. well. What a surprise. They just fall off. What is it? I don't know why you had fingers with clothes. What's the point? <laughs> <sighs> so that that's a little glimpse into my childhood there. Shall we carry on talking about the episode? Yeah, yeah. maybe we should. There you go. Something you didn't know about me, isn't it? Finally, wishes I never did. <laughs> now, hopefully, our, li- our listeners will love that bit. Well, it's be something that they've not heard before. Yeah, that makes a change for us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I say, we had the uh, we had the montage, and one of the bits of the montage is um, we see guns being handed out to the locals. Yes, we do. Yes. So, Face and Murdoch arrive, singing opera in the crop duster that they've managed to procure. Mm-hmm. And um, they spray the marijuana fields with poison, which is actually ammonia, isn't it? It is got... ammonia. That's yeah. the point I was making earlier about the fact that um, they talk about the ammonia and Murdoch just talks about it and he smiles as he's mentioning it because he doesn't react to it in any way whatsoever. Which proves that it was all fake. Yes. So Face drops uh, a bunch of leaflets onto the field. Now, what are these leaflets? Leaflets are a kind of paper with text <laughs> on them that tells people information. <laughs> I mean, what, what is the point of the leaflet? I didn't quite understand I, this bit. I think it tells people that um, um, they just got the name of the town on, haven't they? Yeah, no, no. It says it says like it's saying like the town won't won't take this, and um, the town are seeking independent representation from individual governors, and will not take a representation from a dictatorship controlled by a vote there all that's in that little three words of that is it no, well okay no, I don't know. it's something about the town i assume it's like the town won't want I mean, basically it says screw you we won't take your shit sign the town that's what that leaflet says what, what they needed was a german in uh, british trousers in there <laughs> or nude apparently <laughs> So uh, they land back at the at the town, and BA mounts a gun onto the front of the plane. Wait, um, oh, oh, <laughs> BA mounts a gun, does he? That's kind of weird. He's just sitting astride, it's between his legs, going, look at this gun. I pity the fool has never seen a gun like this. Well, well funny enough, my action figure, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, 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 let's not go there. So, yeah, so but there's this whole thing about them. It's a bad idea to put the gun on the front because it's going to shoot the prop off or something. Because, obviously... Biplanes had machine guns and they used a timing mechanism mm-hmm. mechanism so that the bullet fired between the rotations of the blade. Mm-hmm. For some reason they is it face who says like mm, is it is. Shoot off blade? and then they have to point out to him that there is a timing chain. The weird um, thing to put in there. I mean, I don't I doubt that the audience of the A team would be worried about it. They just the, they wouldn't question it, would they? The only reason it's in there is because they need it to ground the plane. What later? Yeah. Yeah, when he shoots it off. And that's the only the only other way they could do it was if like they shot the fuel cap or you yeah. know, shot the fuel out of the plane. So they came up with that idea. And that is something it, that I it, thought they were gonna do at one point. Right, but at this point it's kind of a comedic way 
I think they did oh. it because it's comedic as well, and it works for that. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's the why it's there. Okay. So um, El Guapo, uh, I mean, Valdez, he is a bit El Guapo. <laughs> is El Gu- I was like, what? Who? <laughs> he, he's like, he, Val, Valdez, he reminds me of El Guapo Valdez. from uh, Three Amigos. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he rolls back into town with his men, and um, he starts ramping up his bandito stereotype again. Does Valdez never sit in his Jeep? You know, he's always standing in it. Yeah, does he have piles? Maybe that's why he's angry all the time. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, sit down, Valdez. Oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> but this time, um, they're greeted with a hail of bullets and Hannibal's standing in the bell tower. Hail, hail bullets. Hail bullets, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Here, fatso, he says. There's no, no need for body shaming, is there? No, it's not. It's not right. It's not clever. It's not funny. But it's uh, it's Hannibal. Yep. So he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Why don't you shoot at me, muchacho? <laughs> Sorry, I thought someone else had entered the room. Then I was distracted. Carry yeah. on. Yeah, that's what Valdez says. Okay. Because you're a lousy piece of crud who should be hung upside down from your heels in a vat of pig slop, says Hannibal. He does. Yeah. Did he work on that one, do you think, or is it just a bit of uh, improvisation? You think uh, Hannibal, the character, think, has thinks like... of lines to say. Yeah, maybe, because doesn't he say he's going to turn him into a taco dinner? He does, yes. Uh. <laughs> There's a lot of that, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There is. <laughs> um, Valdez thinks that Hannibal is just one man until Hannibal orders Murdoch on a strafing run in his crop duster. He does, yeah. Doesn't hear anything, though. No, no, he managed to miss everything. Everything, yes. It's yep. amazing aim, really, what they do. Well, it's amazing aim considering the plane seems to be doing loop-de-loops and flying upside <laughs> down and doing all sorts of things. Valdez wants to uh, make a deal, but Hannibal says that uh, the only deal he's interested in is that if they, they need to turn over Massey and leave town or he'll turn him into, as you say, a taco dinner. Mm. Valdez disagrees and a firefight ensues again. Nobody hits anything. Nope, nope. Almost like they're not trying, Paul. Almost like they're not trying. Hannibal zip lines down from the bell tower, or someone in well, a Hannibal <laughs> wig does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yep, somebody does. Suddenly, how, BA how cra- can they not? How can they not hit a guy zip wiring down at slow motion? As you said, no one's trying. That's true. Suddenly, BA crashes in. Um, he's inside the bus that's now been kitted out with armor. Yeah. Uh, they've turned their bus into a tank. He's even got a gun mounted on it now as well. Yeah, that cannon that they stole. Yep. Valdez tries to escape, but Hannibal blasts them with the cannon. He does, yeah. Now, what's with the comedy moments in the music? Oh, there's there's a lot of odd cues going on, isn't there? Yeah, it's like, duh, 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 you know, the theme tune, mm. and, then it, and it does some kind of weird comedy stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like, kind of like... Yeah, and you're like, why is he doing that? I think it's just to keep the lightheartedness of it up, isn't it? Because there's a lot of bullets flying around and explosions, and yeah, they didn't want it. it they want, didn't want it to be a violent show, did they? Yeah, but it, it just it, it grates a bit. Yeah, well, there was something else we watched recently that did that as well, wasn't there? Had weird right pause by two old men trying yeah. to remember things from the past. I think it was um, um, when we watched Never Say Never Again. Oh, was it? Yeah, that had some weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, light weird comedy music in yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe they think that when things are getting visually heavy, mm. that 
the music should be light to bring it up. Probably. I think that's probably what's going on. Yeah. It doesn't really work. It just seems out of place. It does, and it takes you out of it, doesn't it? Yeah. Meanwhile, Murdoch and Face are uh, still in the crop duster, strafing the uh, all the Jeeps that are trying to get away. Yeah, with the, 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 the old technique of just having a white light that flashes on and off on the plane to look like machine gun fire. I'd take that over the uh, fake CGI gun flashes that you get in a lot of stuff these days, though. Mm, yep. At least it's real. Yes. Valdez and his gang crash, and Hannibal orders them to throw the weapons down. They might as well, as I say, because nobody seems to be able to hit anything anyway. So That's right, yeah. Point on either them, side. Yeah. No. So uh, at this point, Hannibal doubles down also on the fatso insult. <laughs> yep. Still no need for it, but there you no. go. Unfortunately, Murdoch and Face notice a convoy of gorillas approaching. Also, the timing chain is starting to slip and the bullets are hitting the blade of the plane. As you pointed out, that's the only reason it's there, so that it can ground it in a minute. Yeah. Also, you notice when some of these jeeps crash that the the people are suddenly mysteriously wearing crash helmets? <laughs> I think really, I didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> that's good foresight on their part, though, isn't it? It's, yes, it is. Yeah. Mm. So unfortunately, Murdoch and Face notice a convoy of gorillas approaching, and um, that forces Hannibal to order a retreat. Mm-hmm. Murdoch loses the prop from his uh, from his plane, as you say. Yeah, it, it's shot off by the machine gun because yeah. the timing chain has slipped. And they're forced to land. Mm-hmm. The gorillas fire mortars at Hannibal, forcing the bus to crash into a ditch. Yep. Uh, Hannibal radios Murdoch for help, but uh, he gets no answer. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't know what's going on. Doesn't. Valdez, now happier than a pig in a large shit patch, fires at the boss, telling Hannibal to come out and see what a nice surprise I got for you. Is he French? Hang on. <laughs> yeah, well, who was this? <laughs> this was Valdez, right? This is Valdez, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, Did, was, he, was he with his right hand just twirling his moustache? He might as well have been, really. Okay. Yeah. All right. It would have been nice, though, if the, if the uh, nice surprise he was talking about was just a cake, wouldn't it? Yeah. Made him a party nice cake. Poppers. Yeah. Party think, poppers. Yeah. Party poppers. Do you remember party poppers? Are they still a thing? Yeah, they're still a thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always used to have them as Christmas when I was a kid. Yes, yes, so did I at birthday parties as well. Yeah, I used to love firing them off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love firing off. <laughs> Good old days. <laughs> no, it's more of a... Heavy sigh. Um, yeah. Would it be would it be racist to say that maybe they yes. probably had um... Paul Paul Paul? If you have to ask the question, no. then the answer is yes. Oh, I was just going to point out that if it was a nice okay. surprise, perhaps he'd also have piñatas. Being in Mexico, all right, they are in Mexico, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I thought they were. So uh, Hannibal surrenders and they're taken back to Valdez's camp, where they're thrown into a hut. Who were... wait? Valdez's his camp. Is he? <laughs> he is a bit. He is a oh, bit. A little, little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's bandana and his shirt open to his navel. He's hurry Yeah, yeah and singing camp. those Duran Duran songs. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. one. Uh, they're thrown into a hut um, and Massey's in there. Hey, they found him finally. It's almost like it was a plan all along. Absolutely. He looks a bit worse for wear, but he's uh, he's surprised to see Amy. Well, you would be. You would. It's not the kind of place you expect her. Yeah. I'm, a lady I'm, like Amy to be. So Valdez takes Hannibal to meet the, the gorilla's general. Or the general gorilla. Is it which is it? He's the gorilla's general, isn't he? He's not the general gorilla. I prefer the term banditos to gorilla. They're not freedom fighters or anything like okay, that. Okay, the the, not... the 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 bandito general. 
about that? Or, or how about just general? Okay, the general. Yeah. Where Hannibal makes uh, a joke about Valdez he's tripping over his own IQ. Yeah, he's like, he doesn't really care about being kidnapped. No, no, he's taking it all in his stride. But then again, it's another dig at Valdez, isn't it? He's already called him fatso twice. That's true. Now he's saying he's stupid as well. Yeah. Have we seen this before where someone is captured and they're interrogated and they're kind of like blasé about it? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's every Bond movie, isn't it? I think it was Die Another Day, actually, when he gets captured at the beginning before they start to torture him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the same kind of thing. It's like, yeah. but I think in Hannibal's case, mm. it's an act. Remember, he's an actor. Yes, yes. Plus the fact he's seen how well they shoot. That is true. So he's they, probably, could, yeah. probably, they try to stab him and miss him. Yes, they stand right yeah. in front of him and they still can't hit him. That's true. Um, Valdez, suitably upset, gives Hannibal uh, the campus slap across the face that I think I've ever seen put to film. Oh, no, I've seen Roger Moore fight. <laughs> Roger Moore was all right. Um, oh, no, I, I, have you, uh, there's, a, there's a scene in The Saint that always makes me laugh where he goes to punch somebody, but he does it. I can't even describe it because it's a podcast, but he mm-hmm. does like as if you're doing a fist upwards. <laughs> and he does this in front of the person's face. Mm. Well, he was obviously directed that way, though, wasn't he? I've, I couldn't figure out whether it was because you can't, at that time period... Punch someone in the face. Or have, like, the threat of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so they had to do it so it wasn't threatening. Yeah. Just don't do don't it. Know. If it looks really stupid, just don't yeah, do just, it. Yeah, just don't do it. Yeah. yeah. A, a rule you should probably follow quite <laughs> a lot, but don't. So, you know, who are we to say this? I had no idea what you're talking about. So Hannibal lays out the general's uh, operation, telling him that uh, he knows... Wh- well, I like that game. General operation, yes. Operation's mm. a great game. Could never do the uh, bread basket. I always had trouble with the funny bone. Did yeah. you? I always had trouble with that. Uh, Hannibal tells him that he knows why he's been um, shaking down all the villages. It's to fund his army. Mm. Hannibal tells the general that the army is on its way to take him out. Nice dinner. So meanwhile, Murdoch and Face have uh, gone back to the hotel and they're meeting with the um, the film representative guy. What do we, film commission guy. The film commissioner, Perez. Yep. Face tells him that the script now requires that an army be included in the movie. Well, that's going to be tricky to throw together. Well, yeah, obviously, because, I mean, the producer's upset. Uh, but Face basically gives him an ultimatum, doesn't he? He says, get it done or they shut down the production and leave. If I was the film commissioner, I'd be like, when's your next plane out? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you wouldn't have got this far, would you? No. Was this whole thing a backup plan to begin with? Did, I mean, did Hannibal discuss it with Face, that if it goes wrong, this is what I want you to do? Or do you think this is something they've had to do before? Yeah, I think they're good at, like... Improvising. Yeah, improvising. I think Face is especially good at improvising, and that's how they work. They have a plan. But when it goes wrong, then they know they're going to have to improvise to get out of it. And that's yeah, what they're good at. Riff themselves through it kind of thing. Yes, exactly. What do people riff on most? Jazz. Very good. That's why it works then. Yeah. Uh, so back in the cell, Hannibal um, cobbles together a makeshift disguise using some of Amy's makeup. And um, this is where we get a, a, a joke that B.A. says. To Hannibal. Was this a joke in inverted commas or an actual joke? You made it sound. Uh, it could be either or, but it's, it's well, he, he, 
he gets BA to hold the mirror, doesn't he, while he's putting the makeup on. Oh, yes, yes. And BA yes. smirks at him and says, huh, coming out of the closet, Hannibal. And I can't work out whether the look that he shoots him is actually just George Peppard in disgust. And it's a weird thing because he'd already played a camp person. Yeah. The thing episode. is, can you, I couldn't help but imagine that if someone actually said that to George Peppard in real life, he'd have laid him out. Mm, mate, what, wait, what? And then taking advantage of? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Paul? What are you saying? What are you saying, Paul? Come on. No, he'd, he'd have exchanged the trousers for his. Oh, all right. Tried to, but, but get a, yeah. tried to get, no, no, tried to get into a British base. To be honest with you, my, my action man plans far better than the one that he does in a minute. I think your your action man plan is stunning in its uh, originality. Yes. Because That's all it has going for it, though. It's better than this, because what Hannibal does is um, he poses as some sick Mexican guy who's, in for some reason, in the cell. Yeah. Well, he's supposed to be the person who was delivering the food. Right, but wouldn't the, the didn't the guards not notice that no one delivered any food yet? Oh, maybe they did, and the guards have changed. Like, maybe the the okay. guy who delivered the food was at 9 a.m., then the guards changed at 12 p.m., and they don't know who delivered the food at 9 a.m. All right, I'll go with that. <laughs> it still you do. It doesn't make any sense. No, it? no. So Han- Hannibal's lying on his front, moaning and groaning, with yep. this um, fake beard and hat on. And a girl comes over to see what's wrong, and uh, as he walks in, B.A. just... <laughs> He's just standing at the side and he jumps in. Did they see him there? I mean, it's a, it's a bamboo hut with slats between. I mean, he didn't see BA just standing there waiting. I guess he just wasn't expecting someone to jump in from the side. Maybe he just didn't see him. But it's just um, wooden things. There's no nothing between the bamboo. You can see all the way through the cell. Ah, well, unfortunately, they chose a guard who has no peripheral vision. Ah, right, okay. They, he only can see things directly in front of him. Was that in the, the novelization? Is that, is that in the yes, novelization? Ah, and the guard has okay. been keeping this quiet because he doesn't want to lose his job because he's of got course. a family to of feed. Of course, yeah. Right, yeah. so that's why it says. Makes more sense. So escaping the cell with Massey as well, they steal a truck, and while is trying to start the truck, Hannibal finds some explosives, some grenades, and he jumps into the back of the truck and they speed off. The Valdez and the general give chase, but Hannibal starts tossing grenades out the back of the truck. But poorly. Poorly, yes. He misses. Like no, but no point does he hit a giant truck that's chasing him. You just throw him at the truck. Why is he throwing them slightly to the left on the ground, slightly to the right on the ground, slightly in front of the truck? Mm. I always had a theory why the A team don't kill anyone, you know. Because it's it's the moral code. Exactly. Yeah. They're like Batman. They don't kill people. No, because then the moment they kill somebody, mm-hmm. then Lynch or whoever is chasing him, him has a reason to actual reason to chase him. Is the guilty yeah. of this murder. Oh yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, it's perfect. It's just that they make the stunts so extreme. That they would be killing someone. They would be killing somebody. Well, yeah, because I mean I was particularly impressed by the uh, one of the guards leaping ten foot in the air when an explosion goes off next to him. It's an amazing well, leap that he does. It is, and that's the thing about grenades in the eighteen world, they just make you jump. Yeah. Yeah. They don't blow off limbs or anything. No, no, they just make you jump a bit and mm-hmm. land and then you go, Hoo. Mm-hmm. That was that was whew. Whew. 
it's like like when you you know you take a shower and you turn the shower on and it's a bit colder than you expected <laughs> that's a grenade in the 18 world so um the army chase after them in the jeeps with hannibal as i say tossing grenades out from the truck yeah and we get more good old 80s car stunts with the drivers climbing out afterwards and, but mild. let's be honest, they're good stunts. They are excellent stunts, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we don't see that anymore. You don't. You don't see that at all. No. You don't even see it. I mean, you see stunts like that in films now. They're always CGI anyway. So Yeah. Uh, BA tells Hannibal that they're almost out of gas. Why did you pick a truck with no gas, he asks. Because I like the paint job, he replies. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, is this... We don't actually see the van at all in this pilot episode. No, no, the 18 van isn't in this at all. That's that's a point that's just come to me now yeah. that we don't see the iconic van. No, it's hmm. not there. Okay. Not there. Uh, suddenly, Face and Murdoch appear in the chop in a chopper. Landing the helicopter, Hannibal comes to a stop, and they um, they carry Massey over. Yeah. Um, Face tells Hannibal that he couldn't scrounge up the army, just this chopper and a few guns. Luckily, though, all the villagers turn up. They do, like as in the Magnificent Seven, were there. Finally, mm-hmm. they've got the courage. So Valdez and the general's men arrive, and the A-team starts shooting, mainly at the ground, all around them. <laughs> yeah. That is an A-team thing. It is, definitely. Yeah. People running away from bullets, hitting the ground. Yeah, as they're around the legs as they're running. Uh, the villagers storm the jeeps, and they capture all the soldiers, but Valdez and the general manage to escape in their jeep. Hannibal and Murdoch chase after them in the chopper, flying over them in true TJ Hooker style. Hannibal T- leap, Yeah. Sorry, TJ Hooker style? Yeah, flying over them in true TJ Hooker style. Yeah, why TJ Hooker style? Ah, because Hannibal leaps from the chopper onto the Jeep. Now, that's something that Hooker would do, isn't it? Oh, that's why. Okay. Mm. Um, He punches out Valdez and the general, uh, winning the day. So they fly uh, Valdez and the general back to the villagers, and they turn them over to them all. So they're going to be dead within like 30 seconds, aren't they? Pretty much, yeah. Because they're going to rip them to pieces, basically. Yeah. We just don't focus on that. No, 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 not at all. And they, let's be honest, he deserves it. He deserves it, yeah. Maybe they just yeah. go off and give him tacos. Hot ones. Hot, ooh, hot ones. Yeah. Bastards. I know. How, how can we all thank you? Asks the villager. Is he German? Well, <laughs> <laughs> where does this villager come from? Is he, is he an expat from somewhere else? He's just visiting. Possibly. Doesn't know what's going on. Push forwards. Got you say something. <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> He's the German guy in the in the British. Yeah. Party. So why 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 are your pants not match your top? <laughs> <laughs> Weirdo. And your boots. Where did you get them from? <laughs> the, you know the swamp desert. So he says, uh, how, "How can we all thank you?" Asks the villager. Anyone got a cold beer? Quips Hannibal. And a hand comes in from off the screen and gives him one. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> well, it's your dream world, right? It, do you think that was intentionally supposed to be funny? Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah it was. So in the car later, B.A. Um, screeches the car to a stop. I ain't getting on no plane, he tells Hannibal. So Hannibal discusses um, Amy's tape recorder 
and he isn't thrilled about the fact that she's... <laughs> she's <laughs> Sorry, he just goes in the tape recorder. Oh, look at that. It's a Sony 900. <laughs> Lovely tape recorder. Personally, I prefer the LG 15. You should try it. It has double speed playback, but with a triple record. Turns a C90 into a C120. <laughs> What do you mean? Discuss it as a player? <laughs> well, she says she's no right. point. Is discuss it? No, 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 in the fact that she's she's going to write a story and he's not very happy about it, is he? Oh, so not about the tape recorder. No, no, no. He's, well, he's, why have he got itself? that? He asks her what yeah. he finds it, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um. So he he confiscates the tape, gives it he to a face who puts it in his top pocket. Yeah. I mean, personally, I would have just gone. Phew, pulled it all to bits and then there'll be a a scene later with uh, Amy trying to with a pencil through the tape cassette trying to rewind it all back together again stick it together with tape that's a thing nobody born after 85 wouldn't even know what was going on kids today they don't know the trouble we had to go to I know right pencils so BA's uh, still insistent about not flying yeah, I think give it up at this point. Mm-hmm. And this is where Amy says that she's got the jazz now. She's got the jazz yeah. fever. She feels the jazz. Yeah. About what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Joining in. And she gives them an ultimatum. She, they either let her join the team or she'll write the story anyway. Yeah. Uh, there is a third option. They could just kill her. I mean, I'm just saying. They could just yeah, kill but they've not, they don't kill people, so that's not going to work. Yeah, but, you know. Just... Just, she's she's threatening them, perfectly justifiable to just yeah. But this shows that their moral code is incredibly high. Let's just say it's a good thing I'm not on the A team then. Well, uh, there are many, there are many reasons why you shouldn't be on the A team, Paul. This is just like one of a large number. It's like, oh, what's 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 Paul doing, Paul? Well, he's our covert operations guy at the moment. He's switchy pants on action figures. They're all nude. Oh, I thought Murdoch was the crazy guy. Yeah, you thought that, but little did you know, we got uh, this guy called Paul. At least I'm still doing it with the action figures and not doing it for real. He he refers to marshmallows as marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nuts. Hey, look, I'm standing uh, by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good I enough know. for Mr. Spock. It's good enough for me. Uh, so, uh, so Hannibal tries to inject BA again, but uh, he's wise to it this time, luckily. Mm. Hannibal passes the syringe to Amy, who uh, cements her appointment to the A-team by drugging its most angry and dangerous member. Oh, the penis of Murdoch. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, at the airport, Lynch is waiting for them by the plane when the A-team arrives. And he tries to arrest them, but Hannibal just punches him out and stashes him in the boot of the car. Yes, because they're not in America, they're in South America. Why is he there on his own? I mean, he's literally there on his own with no other men with him. Because technically, you can't just go and fly to another country and arrest somebody. So he's trying this on his own. But he, he, he's, he's gone rogue. Remember, we don't see him in any other episode. Uh, this, this, is is pro- this is why. Because Maybe he's, he's just, still in the boot of that car for the entire five seasons. He may just bang in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the opening, he's just got a beard. No, I'm pretty sure he's dead. He's just a skeleton at this point. Perhaps that's the only person they killed in the whole series. And only because they forgot he was in there. Yeah. 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 So boarding the plane, they take off with Amy talking about the jazz again. She's always talking about the jazz. She loves the jazz. So Hannibal rolls his eyes. Murdoch whoops, rolls the plane. 
It was, yeah. And that is the end of the pilot of the A-Team. Beautiful. So, Colin, what did you think of the A-Team? The A-Team is not a show that lends itself to binge watching. No. Because every episode is pretty much formulaic up until the last season in which they change it up a bit. But it all always follows the same Mm -hmm. pattern. But what it's good for is occasionally dropping in and watching an episode because you get everything you want. It's like your favorite band's greatest hits album every time. Yeah, I can see that. And (laughs) I don't know where you are in the show. I've watched past the pilot and Mm -hmm. over the last, I guess, couple of years, I've been watching it on and off and I'm into the second season. Mm -hmm. And there has not been a single episode that I've not enjoyed. Yeah, I've watched a few. I like the interplay between the characters. I think the pilot is fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good pilot. I agree that the actor who plays Face is not as good as Dirk Benedict. No. Mm-hmm. I think Benedict brings, like you said, charisma, but, and I focus on this, the smugness I think is important for the yeah. character that yeah. he brings to it. Mm-hmm. It's the same smugness he, br- he brought to um, uh, Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica as well, isn't it? They're very similar characters. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Mm. Um, Josh Bapard is great in the role. Mm-hmm. I think Mr. T is actually good in the role too. Well, he's just Mr. T, isn't he? Yeah, which it mm-hmm. fits perfectly. Yeah. Dwight Schultz is excellent. Mm-hmm. I can see why people get annoyed with him being over the top, but I think it, it fits perfectly. It's a yeah. comedic performance in a comic TV series. Mm-hmm. The role of Amy, <laughs> it's not great, but that's not her fault. That's because the role is badly written. It's underwritten mm-hmm. for her. But I'm always entertained. I enjoyed the interplay between all the characters. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a hit. I was a massive fan, as I said before, of the A-Team as a kid. Saturday night, I- ITV, I was there every week. Do I still love it? Um, parts of it that haven't aged well, I'll say that. Um, we can say that of everything from the uh, 80s. Absolutely. I mean, certainly it's definitely aimed at kids with you know that no-killing rule that they've got. Still like the light nature to it. I like the... The fact that it's 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 very relaxed, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. You can't say that the characterizations, as good as they are, they don't go anywhere. I mean, none of the characters have got any arcs to them at all, have they, from the beginning of episodes to the end of episodes? But that is an 80s thing. I know that. No, once they set up who the character yeah. is, Hannibal likes the jazz, yeah. BA has a bad attitude, Face is a calm man who likes mm-hmm. the ladies, Murdoch is crazy. That's yeah. it. You know that when you start an episode, you're going to be, they're going to be the exact same people at the end of the episode. And then the next episode, they're going to be exactly the same. Nothing's yes. going to change. In those respects, I suppose it, that dates it a bit because TV isn't like that anymore. But I prefer it that way anyway. There's also that political, racist, homophobic <laughs> stuff that's in it. <laughs> oh, just, uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't that. play well to a modern audience, no. does it? But it's still bloody good fun. It really is. Um, it's ridiculous, and because it's ridiculous, it's never boring. Right. All the characters, with the exception of Face in this, but um, right. all the characters are played by the actors, as I say, who feel like they've been together for years, even yep. in the first episode. And I had a lot of fun. So, yes, it's still a hit. It's been a while since we've both agreed on something, I think. I think it has, to this extent, I think it has, you know. Yeah. So, Colin, what are we going to do next time? In our next episode... Remember to stay on this channel because this is an emergency. 
We're looking at Jerry Anderson and Christopher Burr's Terror Hawks from 1983 to 1986. So, expect the unexpected. But if you'd rather know what to expect, then you can suggest a film or TV show by sending an email to retrospection at email.com. I write a letter to Paul at 75. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) You can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter at Retrospecky, and on Instagram at Retrospection Podcast. All one word. And please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen. You can also hear the themes and songs from the films and shows we review at our Spotify playlist. And finally, if you'd like to support our old episodes and help new ones coming along, then you can lower our server costs by supporting us via patreon.com slash retrospection. Thank you to our current Patreon supporters. We make sure another month goes by that Paul doesn't have to take up that second job as a professional bed warmer for a Russian oligarch called Petrov. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Woo! Like... <laughs>